Dale! <laughs> Glorious listeners! Welcome to episode 54 of the Two Peas in a Pod. Um, it is great to have you here, Ben. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. I'm glad you're well. I am also well. I'm very excited. Um, I know you didn't ask, but I've told you now, so there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Um, tonight we will go as ever onto the hobby desk. Ben is still building his legions, and I have been painting vast legions. So, a bit to talk about there. Oh, and my uh, my little boy Joshua's had a crack at painting, and that's uh, been eventful. So we'll talk about that. Um, going into the Galaxy of War, the uh, Psychic Awakening series continues. So more to discuss there. The Mortal Realms. Um, we know there are giants. They have made models of Ben and I, and it is beautiful. Um, <laughs> so, a little bit about the uh, the Lumineff Realm Lords as well. And um, and Snotlings, which is all very exciting, isn't it? Uh, as ever, we then head into the community uh, and we do some shout-outs. Um, just talking about people that have inspired us. Uh, this time, we've got our Instagram shout-outs as normal. We've also got a competition winner from the hobby group. Um, as well as chatting about a few companies from the recent uh, virtual walk-on that we've been doing. Um, and then lastly, into the wild places, um, mm. where we do some more stuff from virtual walk-on. Um, and that's that's mostly it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, everything else is just filler. Yeah, <laughs> everything else, <laughs> everything that Ben says is just filler. So... <laughs> Without further ado, we shall go on to the hobby desk. Hi guys and welcome to episode 54 Hobby Desk. This is, as per usual, Dan and I, the second recording. We try to, you know, keep some consistency and it usually includes messing up at least one recording a night. So that was our first one where I've just managed to record into a microphone that wasn't even plugged in. I actually think, to be honest, that would have been a joyous listen um, for those people listening to the podcast because you'd have only had my audio. Uh, but in the interest in fairness, <laughs> we've uh, decided to record it again. So, Ben, <laughs> I'd love to find out about what's on your hobby desk. Would you? W- would you care to tell me? <laughs> again? Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I've been assembling models again, um, which it sounds like a stuck record at the moment. Um, but I've been at my desk Every spare minute, I have just assembling models. Um, so much so that I've had to emergency post in plastic glue. Yeah, which I timed to yeah. arrive just after you'd done some metal miniatures because you'd been procrastinating on those. I have been procrastinating, so um. <laughs> no word of a lie. I didn't realise you'd actually run out 
So when you when I spoke to you and you were like, because I I had it here ready to go in an envelope, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll do that next time I think about it. And um, then I saw you were building metal models, and you were like, I've run out of glue, and I was like, oh my gosh! So I actually used special <laughs> delivery to get it down there the next day. <laughs> yeah. When you spend was, it... more on the postage than the glue itself, it's an emergency. <laughs> well, I'm. I've assembled so many plastic models, I don't even know where to begin. What have, what have I done this month? So the sky cutters, two sky cutters. Oh, you enjoyed those? I did enjoy those. They are lovely. Um, apart from trying to balance them together at the end, yeah, brutal. <laughs> um, the Dragon Princes, the old Dragon Princes, they were horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I meant to not... ask you, was that the really, really old ones? No. No, so so it was the... it it Yeah, I know which ones it was then. So there's three generations of Dragon Princes. Generation 1, the bodies don't look too dissimilar from Generation 2, but a keen-eyed person will be able to tell the difference. What the biggest difference is that Generation 1 uses the Empire Horse... Yeah. Armoured horse with a replacement head, and Generation Two uses the elf horse with a replacement head. Um, and there's loads of little differences, but um, and then the third one is the plastic kit, which is just absolutely stupendous. Yeah, and it's a real shame that they're not around anymore. They are fiddly, though. Goodness me, so many spines and little bits hanging off. They were quite challenging plastic kit to clean up properly, but the metal ones. Reminded me 100% that I am not sorry to see the end of plastic metal hybrid kits. And may they never return ever, (laughs) because they are horrendous. I dropped one on the floor, and the horse's head came off. The rider separated from the horse. It split at the middle, and his arm came off. And I was just like, I hate you. It's a carpeted floor. (laughs) I mean, it's not even like it's a long way, and it's hard. It's a carpeted floor. Um... But the the glue I've got sort of will dry instantly. But then if you leave it twenty four hours, it's 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 really good. Um, it's Gorilla Glue gel. Hundred mm. percent recommend that as a super glue. Hundred percent. I'll try that out. I must admit, I've been using um, Army Painter super glue now for about four years, um, mm. and it, and I I really rate it. Really good. Um, I tried it and it was very good. But it's still. It's still super glue, so once it's bonded, it doesn't. It's no more resilient than any super glue, I suppose. So it'd be interesting to see what that gels like. Except on resin, of course, when all super glue just goes, and that's it. You, you... I've tried all sorts to get apart resin models. The um the cool thing about it because it's gel, it will stay where you put it rather than just sort of run across the model, um, which is a big positive as well. Um. Like you said, I'd run out of plastic glue, so I had I moved on to a project that I have effectively procrastinated from doing for the best part of twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a staff member at Games Workshop, um I finished my probation um on the weekend that they finished the old weight discount. So what they used to do is give staff members a discount on weight. And I'm not sure it particularly was um, plastic involved, but I think it might have been even then. But it was certainly was metal. So you would... I basically chose a couple of high-elf units. I thought I'd quite like those. Um, 
got 25 of them because in that, that era, 25 square, you know, five by five, that was the unit size that everyone wanted. And um, phoned up the dude and he was like, yeah, that will be something like 20 quid for like 100 metal models. And I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> hold on. So I went away um, and ended up spending the best part of 100 quid, which was most of my month's wages. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, on metal models, and I I got blood bowl teams, steam tanks, great swords, hammers, iron breakers, you know, white lions, tyrannic chariots, swords masters of Hoeth, phoenix guard, so so many. And I the problem is I hate cleaning up metal models, absolutely hate it. It just it's time consuming. The, the mold lines hide because they're shiny and you can't really see where it is. So you have to like pay extra attention. Um, so I've been just, I've just been putting it off and I put it off successfully from that point all the way to <laughs> and until I forced myself because I'd run out of glue to sit down and do them. Um, the fingers guard were a particular butt face. Um, <laughs> I love, they, I love how you, I could see you like, Restraining yourself from something truly horrific there and coming out with butt face. <laughs> Excellent. So there's a, I think there's six bodies. I think about that. Six, five or six bodies. And one halberd. And the one halberd fits on every single one of the bodies, but it doesn't fit on any of the bodies. Mm. In every single body that you put it on, one of the arms is 90 degrees out. And one of the hands, so the way they hold it. So I had to twist every halberd by at least at least fifty degrees without snapping it, without breaking it, um, and I, my fingers were absolutely ruined by the end of that. I didn't want to use pliers because I didn't want to over twist it and break it because I did that on the first one. I tried heating it up, but it just snapped the metal. So it literally just went bing and flew off. So don't use a lighter to try and heat up white metal; it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> um, so. I don't understand why they didn't just make them because I twisted them all in the same direction, the same number of degrees, and they fitted perfectly. So I really don't understand why they weren't all made in that position. Can't work it out. But never mind. You know, they're not a current product, so we don't have to ever worry about that again. Um, it's a shame because I really like their helmets because mm. they're more streamlined and facing forward. Um, I actually think I prefer them slightly to the uh, the newer helmets where they're kind of sideways and more fanned out. Mm. Um, but they're done. So there's, there's there's 30 each of each of those. And I also put together the plastic 4th edition elves mm-hmm. from the original Warhammer Fantasy Battle starters kit, um, which was an army I used to have, um, but threw away because they were painted horribly and I didn't... Well, I don't think I personally threw them away. They got lost when I moved, or they got through. I don't know. They weren't with me anymore, so I had to get some more from eBay, strip them back, clean them up, um, mess around with the unit position. Um, a lot. Because I didn't like... <laughs> a lot. Because <laughs> I didn't want them all facing left, because they're designed to go on the base diagonally, which is really irritating, because the spearmen are designed to go on square, but were put on diagonals in the box set. So... 
Um, all the spearmen are now on square bases, and what I've done with the elves is the archers is had half facing left and half facing right on the back two ranks, and then the front rank is most of the middle are facing forward, and then two or three on the sides are facing off to the side. So it looks like a defensive fan rather than um, just not facing anything. Um, I'm happy with that. Um, and what else have I put together? I think that's probably about it, but. I've kind of, while I've been putting things together, worked out my hobby goals for this year, which is to get the second edition 40k starter kit painted. And I'm probably going to do that in a modern style rather than try and recreate the heavy metal style. Because um, what I'm going to do is that army, my second edition Space Wolf army, I am going to do the army from the Space Wolf Codex, the original Space Wolf Codex. Yeah. For my thirty for my thirtieth hobby anniversary. Yeah. Which is nineteen ninety four. So Oh you got a little bit of 2000, 2024. So that's gonna be that year's goal. And I'm gonna do that all in heavy metal style as, as best as I can. Um to give me a bit of time to practice as well. And um so I want to get the second edition that and the fourth edition for Fantasy Battle done. And as much as my high elves as I can, and as much as my space was as I can. Um, so when I finish putting together my high elves, I shall then, I shall then move on to painting in earnest. But I'm going to put a little bit of time aside every every week to assemble stuff because I think the, the hole I dug myself is that I won't I wasn't doing these projects because they weren't assembled. Yeah, and I, not having something assembled is. Sounds obvious, but it's a huge barrier. Yeah. And there's no way you're going to clear your backlog if it's not assembled and ready to go. No. You just sort of look at it and think, well, I'll leave that in the bit as a bits box. Yeah. And then it never gets done. I, I feel the same. Done. Like, um, having stuff up and ready to go is is so helpful. So helpful to crack on with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think because... I always get tricked by assembling into thinking it's a nothing. Um, it takes and hours. it takes ages. <laughs> it does. It takes hours. I, I mean, I think I think this year demonstrated it to me just how long it actually does take. Um, and I don't know whether I've already said this in this recording of the podcast or the one that we've just had to shelve because it didn't happen. <laughs> but with the elves, because of the way I'm painting them, because I'm undercoating them in white, and then painting their armour in Mithril Silver or um, Stormhost Silver, and then using washes and glazes and contrast to colourise it so it looks like that painting that I'm really fond of. So it's almost like an internal glow from the miniature, um, from the elves. They look almost ethereal. Um, You can't have a mould line on that. No. Because it's really difficult to repair it. Yeah. Because oh, you'd have, yeah. have to sort of redo the washes, and it would it would just be a pain. Um, so I'm having to spend a lot more time being very pedantic and making sure there is no mold lines at all. Whereas, for example, I put together some dryads for Joe last night, and I, I really didn't. I wasn't 100 percent fastidious because a bit of bit of a line here or there won't make a great deal of difference. Looks like you've just been bought pims. Well, I I did mute mute <laughs> mute it out, but I have to comment on the fact Harriet's bought me a cold squash, and it's got some um, 
little flamingo ice cubes in it uh, <laughs> and a pink straw. <laughs> so that's a, there we go. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping when I move on to the... Because I'm going to do the re- my elves as um, City of Sigma replacing the Darkling Covens. Yes. So that this is all the ones that don't form part of your uh, army of of ages past. Yeah. So most of them will end up in this army of ages past, which is the eighth edition army that I wish I'd had. Yeah. Um, had I had the time to do it at the time, um, and then the rest of them will go into this Cities of Sigma thing. So the Swordsmasters of Hoeth will be executioners, mm-hmm. for example. And I'll use the Darkling Coven keyword, but change it to, I don't know, something else. So they it will fit the rules perfectly, but I'll just change the writing. Yeah. So the executioners won't be murderous heathens who, you know, worship the ground that their sorceress works on. They'll be boring. stoic, uh, yeah, boring, <laughs> noble warriors of light and order or some nonsense like that. But, um, but probably painted in a very similar style. Because then what I can do is have like the big blocks of units, and in the cabinet I can have the odd one or two dotted around the outside, almost like a skirmish line. Yeah, which will look, which will look cool. Um, but yeah, I'm in, I think I'm getting to the point where I'm either sort of too fed up to carry on, or desperate to paint. One of the two. Yeah, so I think it's going to be really beneficial to get painting. Um... Partly because uh, that instantly increases our social media output from my levels of very almost nothing to uh, you doing it all the time. So that's that's one reason. But also because it's really good to finish stuff. I don't, I don't think people want to see pictures of assembled models as... Probably about as much as they want to see pictures of massive piles of boxes that somebody's just bought. (laughs) Let's be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's me. Um, I've got some cool things that like I've managed to sort of do um, or not do, but to tidy up gaps in the collection for my fifth edition starters kit, I've just unboxed a box of brand new Lizardmansaurus. Which had the cellophane on. It was almost from fifth edition, you should say. From fifth edition, yeah. Um, so that must have been in this cellophane for at least twenty years. Yeah, well, at least. Yeah. And I've just taken it off. I feel a bit bad now, but I've also, when I was picking up a few um, bowmen and spearmen to fill the gaps, I got a set which had some of the bowmen and spearmen on the sprue. So I'm going to clean the undercoat on that they've put on there. Um, and I'm going to have that 1992, mate. Amazing. That's great. That was six years before I even started in the hobby. Well, I started, I believe, 94, I think. I started the year the Space Wolf Codex came out. <clears throat> I know that much. Um, so there we go. Yeah, so I'm going to keep those and have them on display at some point when I when my hobby shed finally gets built. <laughs> but that's me, mate. 
You know, I've rattled on about assembling models now for nearly 20 minutes. There's far more interesting things going on on your hobby. Ironically, you haven't even mentioned plastic filler, isn't it, really? Hey, 20 minutes of essentially filler for the podcast, and you've not even talked about filler. Yeah. Well, I could, I could talk about filler. No, that's not. We, I think people have had enough. <laughs> there is one thing that I have found that... Um, so when I when I've thinned down green stuff, liquid green stuff, if I use water, it retracts back and leaves like a horrible kind of withdrawn look to it. Whereas if I thin it down with gloss varnish, it works a lot better. Hmm. There you go. It doesn't retract back. Look at that. Though. I, I, with my sarcasm, I teased out a pro hobby tip there. <laughs> Pro hobby tip. <laughs> um, so I have continued my batch painting epiphany. Um, now I was trying to remember before we started recording what I was doing. Had I finished the demons? You'd finished the demons and you'd started on the next because I was. I remember being sarcastic about the mighty Lord of Court. That's right. Yes, of course. So he's finished, which now. you've managed to completely bugger up as anyway. Yeah, so. I've put him on the wrong size base. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he came on a fifty mil base, uh, so that's what he's on. But he probably didn't. So, oh well. Um, I shall just take a sixty mil base everywhere, and if somebody's upset about it, just blue tack him to that. Um, but otherwise I'm just going to leave him because I'm not going back. I'm not revisiting that. Um, so yeah, so since uh, the last podcast, I have finished the mighty Lord of Corn, uh, 10 blood reavers, five Wrathmongers, five skull reapers, four blood warriors, which is, uh, just brings me up. So I've got 20 painted now. A Korgarath. I can't believe you've only got twenty blood warriors. Yeah, I don't. I don't really use them a great deal, to be honest. Um, I do need. I it do, would I be nice to have a box it. of the of the multi part ones. Um, have you not got any multi part ones? No. No. Wow. Um, and they're nice as well. The multi part kit. Yeah, they really are nice. Much nicer. So, a slaughter priest, Valkyr the bloody, a random exalted. Champion of corn that I have with a big spear, another spawn. Um, I think that was it. So basically, what I did is I swept up everything that wasn't blood reavers into one yeah. painting session. Um, yeah. So got all of that done. That was fine. I, you know, it, it was a bit awkward because I had to. It was all at different levels. So some of some of it was just built, um, and then some of it was like already base coated and what have you so i just brought it all up to the same level and then worked through it um and then i found four more uh, blood crushers so <laughs> i built those um they'll be quite useful because i've built three command ones so i'll have two because i've got eight already i'll have two units of six for age of sigma because they're in threes um and I can just have a whopping great unit of 12 for 40k maybe or something. I don't know. Depending on what I do with the command ones. I need to do a conversion to make uh, one of the characters that rides around on one of those. 
uh, character bloodletter. But they're they're put to one side for now um, because I decided uh, to paint fifty three blood reavers uh, in a batch. Now that number keeps going up because you keep finding them. Oh, oh they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> Every time I open a box, I'm like, oh look what I found. Um, and then, well, I'm not going to lie. The tears that it's making me weep, I can capture and use them as contrast medium. Uh, <laughs> it's horrendous, man. I just, I just can't summon. I think. I don't know. I just tired. I'm tired with the children at home and all, and it's just I'm worn out. So I'm not painting as much in the evening, or I'm getting too tired, and I'm not forcing myself into the room to do some painting. Um, and so they're dragging and the last thing you want on a project like this is for it to start dragging. You need... I don't think they're dragging as much as you think they are. I think it's psychological. Well, they're psyching me out then in that case, because they're like sat here like, <laughs> look at us. Um, so if you think about it from a positive perspective, you've, you've done the browns, mm-hmm. one of them twice, because you'd put the wrong colour on. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done... The I've red. done I've done quite a lot. So the red armor's done. Well, this is base coating wise, which is the main thing anyway. So the red armor's done. All of the like um bandages and stuff like that are done. The skull colour's done, trousers are done, and now I'm working through oh no. Pouches like leather pouches and furs are done. So I'm now working through like straps which is Saigor Brown. So I've done 14 out of 53 of them. Um, yeah, you know, it's coming along. It's coming along. I just I plod away at it. Um, and once they're done, you know, that's, that is a big big lot of those guys. It means I've then got, I think, about 100 painted for the army, which is, which is a nice amount to have. Um, <laughs> um, and then, How many points is 100... Uh... Blood, whatever. Well, it's two hundred and forty points for forty, because of the you get a bonus, a multi bonus. So it's um it's four eighty plus one forty, so six twenty, six hundred and twenty points. That's not bad, is it? No. Um. Yeah. So I'm loving life with those. Uh, and then I say I've got I, I will then actually only have four blood crushers um, oh and a random hero character that I found left to do and then I won't actually own a single corn chaos model for Age of Sigmar that isn't painted um, which would be cool uh, that'd be fantastic even though there is a list as long as my arm of additional bits I want to get um, for them, obviously. Um, yeah, so they've been fun. I must admit, I am really enjoying contrast. Um, mm. One of the reasons is painting with something that is as thin as contrast, but covers as well as it does, because obviously it's designed... It doesn't cover well, but it does in as much as... Yeah, I know what you, you mean. You know what I mean, don't you? Because uh, the way and it's, it's supposed it's to kind work. Of, there's 
there's two almost two separate kinds of contrast. There's the there's the contrast which covers ridiculously well, and then there's the contrast which is almost like a wash. Yeah, but the fact that it's so thin, it flows nicely and is is therefore nice to paint with. I have found as long as you're mm. not mad and don't fill your brush with it. So I'm I'm finding that good. Um, powering through with them. Um, but more importantly, talking about the hobby desk, uh, today I have had a contrast excitement day with Joshua. So um, for those that don't know, Joshua is uh, three and a half, um, nearly four, and he he loves doing things with daddy, mostly building Lego. But recently... Uh, he's like to come in and he'll sit and he'll watch Paw Patrol on the iPad and I'll sit next to him and do some painting. But then he says, oh, can I paint one, Daddy? Can I paint one? And I'm like, hell no. Um, <laughs> but then I I really wanted to get him involved. So I went on to Amazon and for four quid, I bought 50 Green Army men. Now, yeah. they are absolutely shocking. <laughs> As one would imagine. Look at this guy's profile. Ding! That's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. It's like he's been rolled over by a tank. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? So, um, obviously, I'll put some pictures up. But, um, so I got 50 of them. And we got we got them out. He got really excited because he's got a star chart for when he does good things. So he, he got all his stars. And then I said, oh, I've got you something. And I showed him. And he was so excited. He was buzzing. He was like, I've got models like Daddy. Oh, so he was very excited. So we got them out um, and uh, spent hours taking off the mold lines because um, I thought he needed that experience. Um, that's not true. By <laughs> way. We, we didn't do that. So so we got them out and we got a big long piece of wood and we put a big strip of um, double-sided tape on it, which was fascinating. He thought double-sided tape was amazing. And we stuck them all on and we took them out in the garden and we spray canned them all. Uh, this was quite funny, actually. He... <laughs> I said to him, go and stand inside while I'm spraying. And the next thing I hear, that smells quite nice, actually, Daddy. I'm going to come outside. And I was like, no, dude. There's <laughs> a bit of random solvent abuse going on here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we sprayed them all up with uh, Rafe Bone Spray, um, bought them inside, and uh, and then he has merrily contrasted them, or, or a lot of them, not, not nearly all of them, about half of them. Now... <laughs> Don't ever you you can't be like prissy about your brushes or your paint if you're letting your three and a half year old. So I got I got a piece of um, high density foam and cut a hole in it so that I could like wedge the paint pot in it so it wouldn't fall over. That was quite good. Um, not Citadel branded though, so disappointing in comparison to the little triangle thing that you can buy. The best yeah. bit was when it went through my head and I was like, damn it, I need one of those things. Where can I get one? And I was like, hang on, just make one out of something, for goodness sakes. It's like ready to completely cancel the project for the day until I could get to get one ordered. Um, and then he just basically picked, I only let him use contrast paints. Um, and he basically just picked different ones. And what's been really cool is I've now got a whole load of dudes that show you what a contrast colour looks like. I don't know, you can't really even see these over this thing, can you? But we've got... This is Mr. Orange. This is Griff Charles well, Orange. I, I would be able to see them, but um, 
I'm pretty sure the listeners won't be able to see him. No, well, they will, because I've got some photos I'm going to do. Um, but yeah, he's painted loads of them, all different colours, and he had a great time sat there doing them. He did say he got tired at one point. He was tired from painting, um, and he needed to lie down. So that that went... But yeah, and, and actually, it did make me think about going on to, like, Amazon or somewhere and buying really cheaply, um, sort of like that, Potentially with a bit more effort, like actual 3D-ness. Um, and just painting them one of each contrast colour. And just having them yeah. as a reference point for for, yeah. for them. Because that is the thing that is uh, still a little bit weird with contrast. is not knowing quite how it's going to look um, mm. when, you, when you use it. But yeah, that was excellent, mate. I, I have to say, like a proper... Uh, daddy and son moment today with some painting going on and yeah it was flipping mess and it was everywhere and it was all over his hands but for me none of that matters he was engaging with miniature soldiers um with daddy and i was just chuffed and he was so happy uh yeah so that that is easily my hobby highlight of uh of this past month um excellent so. I've actually been doing some painting with Tristan and Edwin yeah, as well. Yeah, I remember, I remember you saying, actually. Um, so Tristan's been doing the sequiturs from the the little the three-pack sequitur, easy-build sequiturs. Yep. And we've been following the uh, the painting guide from uh, Mortal Realms magazine. Um, the first week, he, he was doing something I've never seen anyone do ever, which is to paint the model while not actually looking at it. Which is just incredible. Um, <laughs> I remember you saying this to me. We didn't have any of that the second week. That's good. Ellen's been painting some dark elder I put together for her, like in rainbow colours. Ah. And they're getting they're getting better every week, really. So she's gone from just slapping it on to thinking I'm going to have a red helmet and a pink plumage and a black gun um, but it's good fun isn't it um, I, I think what you've got to do which sounds really obvious now that I say it but didn't occur to me straight away is not attempt to do your own thing while you're doing while it you're doing because yeah. honestly <laughs> I was like three or four models in I was like that's good he's got it now it's good it's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the contrast on one of my blood reavers. I'll get through a few. It's okay. He's fine. He's fine. Oh my day! What's going on? There's paint everywhere. It's all gone wrong. It's all over his hands. He's running around the house, and I'm like, don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a, a momentary lapse of concentration with Elowin. Um, and she opened up a contrast paint while I wasn't looking and sprayed it all across my desk. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I hope that's not gone on the carpet because Joe will have my balls as a necklace. <laughs> 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 Luckily, it all went on my desk, so it was all good. But, yeah, you can't take your eyes off them for a second, can you? What I was actually thinking of doing is, um, as well as is getting Tristan to make a Gaslands army. Oh, yeah. Because that's with Matchbox cards, so I think you'd probably enjoy that. Mm. Cool. 
So, um, with all that in mind, it's been quite an active hobby desk. Yeah. Um, Not very exciting. I don't. Yeah, and I mean, it's exciting from from my perspective, getting stuff done. But I could appreciate people listening to this are like, "Oh wow, how boring! You've managed to assemble stuff." So yeah, but the thing is, though, in a couple of episodes' time, it'll be like, "Oh my goodness," because you'll have gone, <laughs> hopefully, and have loads of stuff painted. Yeah, it might actually be worth me getting it all out, all the stuff I've assembled, and putting it on the carpet or something, so people can see just how many of it, much of it is. But yeah, but then put it away <laughs> because that will just yeah. mind blow your mind having that sat there. Yeah. Right. With that in mind, then let's go um, into the Galaxy, Galaxy of War. War. Okay, guys, so welcome to the grim darkness of the far future, um, or billions of years in the past, as uh, is the case with the Necrons that we are now seeing. Um, or Star Wars. Or Well, yes, or Star Wars. Um, yeah. yeah. That's also um, in a galaxy far, far away, though, so that's, I think you've, I think you've got totally wrong there. Well, that's, yeah, I prefer some of the 40k stuff to be in a galaxy far, far away as well. <laughs> what, Far chaos, away from so you can yeah. all just yeah, <laughs> yeah. What would your space so, walls get angry about then? Though? Um, this beer is off. Everything, <sighs> yeah. And um, I've just finished listening to a book called um, "Ship Rats." It's just a short story, um, and it's on a. I could probably have left this for the um, Age of Sigma section, but it's it's on a Caradon Overlord ship. And they're having trouble getting rid of these rats. And they're all getting really angry because they're trying to kill them with shovels and they can't kill them with shovels. And the Thunderers just want to get their scatter cannons and blow the crap out of them. Um, and they've been trying to protect all the stuff in this this copper netting. Um, the rats have tuned through the copper netting. And the, uh, the logistician um, turns around to the captain and goes, you know, at this rate, it's not going to be long before they're into the beer. And the whole crew goes deadly silent. The Thunderers are like, get me my gun! <laughs> I've had enough! They're not having my beer! <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, so back to good. 40k. So back, to, back to 40k. Uh, so we had a bit of a natter beforehand about what we wanted to talk about. So some exciting stuff coming um, with Pariah. Um, yeah. And then today we've seen a video um sort of a trailer video for the silent king um yes so uh what looks like the return of some kind of necron overlord um mm. of the whole race which is quite exciting um nice to see necrons getting some love and we saw illuminator cesare or serious or i don't know how it's pronounced i'm sorry um but reimagining of his model into like a, some kind of plastic amazing beast of doom um which he is now yes i, I mean one of the things i've always i've never really been a necron i mean I've, i i thought the necron models were fine but they've never really 
they've never really captured me, and I've never seen a model that the Necrons have had released and thought I need to collect Necrons. And until that, then mm. <laughs> that model, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's that's really nice, actually." What I hadn't um, realised, and I don't, I don't know why, because it's not new background, but that guy was one of the guys that oversaw the soul transference of the Necrons into the Necron tier bodies. Yeah. Um, and it's it's great that he's he's like drawing the soul out of that dude on his base. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I say great. It's um, <laughs> not great for him. No, no, not an ideal situation to find yourself in. But. Not really. uh, yeah, it's it's really nice. So I think it would be really cool. I was talking with um, Ben Chambers about it. I think it would be great if we saw Pariah's return. Now, obviously, I just latched on to the fact there's a book called Pariah coming out. Um, but I remember Pariah, Pariah's, when they first came into the game for, Necro, for Necrons, this is, not Pariah's um, as in the background of the guys with no presence in the warp but pariahs for necrons it was just it was just insane they were insane they were like next tier death dealers in combat um yeah they were a little slow but not as slow as all the other necrons um uh, but they had um war scythes so they 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 ignored invulnerable and armor saves um yeah. completely and they were like strength and toughness five. They they were amazing. Like compared to now, they would be nothing because uh, obviously, you know, the power level of different units has just changed completely. But I I they just have a fond place in my heart. And they were all painted in white, and they had really yeah. muscular looking bodies as opposed to like the robot bodies. Do you know this is going to sound awful? I didn't realize that they'd gone. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so so some cool stuff about this model that I really like is the lasers, um, which I only saw after looking at it um, a minute ago when we were talking about talking about what we were going to talk about. Um, that there's a laser that they've actually sort of sculpted the laser beam going into the dude. Lovely. Kind of. I yeah. hadn't noticed that. Um, and they've also sculpted the laser beam. At the top of the soul collection, so there's a little kind of armature that's coming out, and there's a little laser beam going into it. Um, and they've been it's been painted really bright green, and there's sort of a ripple effect coming around it. On the, it's very cool. There's a lot of detail in there, and I love it when a model kind of takes a third or fourth look at it before you've really got to grips with it. Everything mm. that's going on, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, it's nice like that, and it's nice then because if you do buy the model. And you find even more things going on with it. I bet Belisarius Call is like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced he is like that. Always fancied having a go at him. Yeah, he's awesome. He's um mm. he's in uh have you seen the the uh, most recent article, I don't know if it came out yesterday, The Mad Scientists? Yes. Yeah. That's very good. If if uh, anyone's listening and has not has not seen that, can pop onto the community site and have a read of that. It's very funny. Um, mm. I like it a lot. <laughs> I'm just going through and double checking now. I, I, yeah, I, I am right there. Pariahs have gone. And what's quite interesting as well is if you look at the video, I did a snip of it. I meant to send it to to uh, Ben as part of a conversation we were having. But the as the video scrolls along, 
you've got what looks to be the Silent King or whatever, but then there's some neck big rolls. hulking boys with sides, yeah, yeah, and they've got yeah. they've got like they look more like humanoid muscle looking hulky dudes, yeah. Um, yeah. which is again harkens back to the pariah thing. So, so I've basically yeah. convinced myself that's what's coming and got really excited about it, and obviously, you know. Th- that's gone really well for me with Corn Berserkers on multiple occasions. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's quite exciting. Um, Ethereal Stern, man. She, 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 I need that book. I'm gonna need that reprint. I actually found, um, and obviously, this is another bit of a fantastic um, podcast moment where I'm getting something out. But I've got the uh, Demonifuge. Um, the original one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. The the comic strip. Oh, cool. Thing. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna flick through that. So, as well, alongside our little Necron dude, whose name we can't pronounce, but I I think is Seras. I think it's a silent S or Z, one of the two. So Seras or Sir, um, is. <coughs> A new Inquisitor called Draxus, who mm-hmm. has divided opinion, I think. But actually, I think the fact that she's divided opinion makes her all the more awesome to me. Because she is uh, not a straight-line Inquisitor. So um, she's got loads of radical things on her, including the fact she's carrying a shuriken pistol... And um, she's got a little beastie on her shoulder, and she's she. I, I hate to say it, but she does look almost like a half elf, doesn't she? Or half elder? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> she um, really does, doesn't she? I would love that to be the case because that's going right back to rogue trader background. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, where you know the the chief librarian of the Ultramarines was a was a half elder. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I must admit, I kind of feel it would be more likely that she had been surgically altered to... Yes, to make her more approachable to Elder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because she's um, clearly deals with them a lot, given the sort of little video clips that we've had of her. Um, but I, I think love, nice I think they've captured her as an Inquisitor so well, because she isn't just... Someone else in armor. She's she, you know, her armor. Look, it, it all looks a bit more alien. She's got that cool dragon creature going on. Yeah, and the power armor is very much looks like it's tailored to her. Looks like she's designed it or had someone design it. Yeah, um, Shang, rather that than, thing's called. Rather than having it off the shelf, so I, I'm a big fan of it to be honest. Um, mm. And I think she'd look cool if you didn't like the head by popping on like a Sister of Battle helmet. That would look ace as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think she's fantastic. Or an Elmar helmet. <laughs> yes. I also really like the... Um, oh, do you know what? A Shadow Warrior helmet would look really good. Yes, it would actually, wouldn't it? Um, I like the fact she's carrying a Shuriken catapult as well, because that yeah, reminds me well. of really early 40k, where like Space Marine Scouts were carrying Shuriken catapults, so... Um, and I like the little nod to the fact that it's been sanctified with a purity seal. So yeah, I like she, that. That was she's good. Coerced some mechanicum 
to say it's okay. <laughs> Just to um, go back again, because, uh, you know, in case anyone wasn't convinced that I thought there were going to be pariahs coming out, this is another reason I think there might be pariahs, because Games Workshop are absolutely loving revisiting old ideas and things from the past. Yeah. Um, now, pariahs aren't quite as old as Space Marine Scouts running around with shuriken catapults, um, but that's my you get my drift i do yeah i do i do um so other than other than the actual pure 40k stuff we've got um soul targets for four, for 30k who is a very nice model indeed um and it's nice to see him actually getting a model now um it's amazing that it took he's in the first book i think yeah it is quite amazing it's taken that long <laughs> It's so epic, isn't it? It's taken ages, but um, but still, lovely to see him. No, no use complaining about it. I'm going to take him away. It is just such a shame because the Emperor's children are just not. They're just horrible. Yeah, horrendous. <laughs> um, but um, although you know, to be fair, he actually epitomised everything that was awesome about them. Yes, absolutely. Which is, I think, why he's such a popular character. Yeah, and uh, and and finally to sort of polish off the not massive list of uh, reveals that we've had, um, Blackstone Fortress has released its last story box. So this closes off the story of Blackstone Fortress. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean there's no indication that they're canning the game rules, <clears throat> um, but might indicate that they're going to bring out sort of a different setting or something else. Hard to say, but um, two big spindle drones. Um, when you say they big, are, they are flipping epic. They are massively sized. <laughs> they're like they're like Redemptor Dreadnought. They're not might not be as as bulky, no. But height wise, they're up there because they're, they're holding totally underneath. Different as well. Like, well, they're holding the other spindle drones underneath, aren't they? Yeah, in their and little claws. So organic, like they almost look like tyranids. In fact, if you painted it as a tyranid, I don't think people would bat an eyelid. They're they're really organic. Mm. Almost looks like they've been grown with wraith bone or something rather than manufactured. It's um, which is interesting the... because there was background previously that the blackstones were built by the Eldar. Really? Yeah, Val built them. They they're like smith god. And they are designed oh, to kill the Catan. They were part oh. of the war against the Necrons. Very interesting. I, now, I don't know if that's been retconned with, with Blackstone now. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I remember that from way, way back in the dawn of time. Um, and they're going to have more, they're going to have rules for the game as well. Uh, 40k, sorry. So as well as the game. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Exciting. I'm not sure whether for me they'd have a place. Well, yeah, but I you, think I think you could play a battle on a Blackstone Fortress. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, which has just absolutely opened up a massive door in my mind about scenery for a Blackstone Fortress game of 40k. Yeah. I think uh, also especially... like you you don't want to yeah you know, there will I'm sure people will see those and want to use them in 40k. Mm. In fact, 
I, t <laughs> I don't doubt someone somewhere is collecting up those little tiny spindle drones is going to end up getting a few of these big dudes. Um, and you don't want to put people off because, you know, no. you want to sell your soldiers, don't you? Why did I get this out? i got to put this away. What is it you got out? The Battlefield Gothic book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we were talking about Blackstone Fortresses. And it just, yeah, I, they need to do Battlefield Gothic. Um, they do need to do Battlefield Gothic. Um, yeah, so they look sweet. Now, we when we were sort of booming and ahhing, we were going to have a bit of a chat about Apocalypse, weren't we? Um, yeah, on we two were, fronts, yeah. really. Um, because Ben has listened to? You listened to? Listen to, yeah. Yeah, listened yeah. to um, Apocalypse, Space Marine Conquest a... novel, I think it is, isn't it? Is right? 99p on Black, on Black Library's app a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I've downloaded it on Audible um, because Ben... Yeah, Space Marine Conquest's Apocalypse by Josh Reynolds. Well, absolutely flipping fantastic. And I haven't listened to it all, so we can't, you know, we can't go mad on the spoilers anyway, because ben, <laughs> if, if Ben spoils it, you know, not so worried about you lot, but I'd be gutted. Um, but it, the, the problem with it is, and we were discussing this last night, we now both want to do all of the factions that are in the book <laughs> because it's brilliant. Word bearers. I hate word. I know I'm a chaos player and I hate word bearers. Ben hates chaos and hates word bearers. So you can get how much he hates word bearers from that. We yeah. both want to do word bearers armies because the way they come across, it's just so cool. And it's so much more what chaos is about as well. I, I do like that part of it. Um, because you've spoken recently about how how corn cannot just be a babbling group of mindless psychopaths running around their ships all day long or on a planet. There has to be some form of when they're not fighting. And I haven't read Black Legion or the or the follow up novel by Dembski Bowden. Um, what? But no, I know. I, I'm not actually sure we should continue recording this. You should go away and read those books. <laughs> but um, I, I think believe that. Josh Reynolds has done a fantastic job of, of fleshing out what it would be like to be in the word bearers when they're not at war. The internal conflict, the, the way they practice certain aspects of their religion as they see it, um, the way they interact with demons, how... The hierarchy between them, it's all so well done. Um, and there's like brilliant little tidbits. Like there's one bit where um, he talks about how they changed the official sanctified colour of red <laughs> for the word bearer army on a seemingly monthly basis. Yeah. Um, and Erebus had said that, or Erebus or Corpheron had said, that it was necessary to occupy the minds of the dumb or something, or the, the less imaginative with simple elements of doctrine, like what colour red their armour should be, rather than letting them overthink things and get themselves in the muddle. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 I can just imagine all these word bearers like, your armour is not the right colour red, brother. Oh, no! Hang on, I shall go and change it immediately. Because they're so worried that the gods would strike them down. Well, um, and interestingly, a magnum is in grey. 
Yes, the the, the original plate colour. So yeah. Mm. Um, so that's just the word bearer's mind. So we also have in here the Raven Guard, the um, Imperial Fists and the White Scars, uh, and the Battle Sisters. And the Crusaders. And the Crusaders. There's a lot of Crusaders in it, yeah. So yeah, it, it is superb and I'm loving the White Scars. I am loving the White Scars. They are brilliant. Um, yeah. Really good. Really, really good. Um Lots of politicking as well, and how space marines deal with that, which is quite fun. Um, well, one of the things that I look out for in a Black Library novel now, and it's, it's probably because we've been around the block a little bit with this, and we were reading Black Library novels before Black Library was even Black Library, um, is that if a book has managed to be in the 40k or Age of Sigma universe and kept me occupied and engaged and very little combat has happened I, I think that's a huge plus point because um, it's very easy to just have whole books on a big battle which is fine but actually you know, there has to be other story in there otherwise it just gets a little there's only so many ways you can describe a space marine killing another thing or um getting shot you know, yeah there has to be other things in there and i think josh reynolds has done a fantastic job of of stitching those other things into the story yeah um so it's engaging right from the outset and they, there's no combat really there's a few ship battles but there's no combat really for the first half of the book um there's the odd like odd fight um without giving too much away like one-on-one combats and that kind of stuff but it's certainly not the main part of the story. So if you've not read it and you, you know, you enjoy a book, uh, get it <laughs> or, or, or listen to it or whatever, because it is excellent. Really, really good. Um, yeah. So far. What, what will be really funny and you obviously know, Ben, but there'll be like some random twist in it that will enrage me. And then by the time we come on next, I'll be like that book. Ah! <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Um, and that sort of leads us on then to discussing Apocalypse, um, which is something that I've got a bit excited about recently because as my army is, well, it has now crept past the 300 power painted uh, for corn, which is the, the sort of recommended minimum size for the new way of playing Apocalypse, although it can be used for smaller games. I've become more and more excited about it. Um buying up movement trays and stuff so we and we were kind of reflecting weren't we that we were around right at the beginning uh, yeah. for apocalypse were you working at because i don't think i was working at the store when it came out first i was there when it came out they when they bought out the shadow sword and the bane blade no the bane blade came out in the first release the shadow sword and the stomper came out later as their own yeah release yeah because i can distinctly remember trying to get stompers into the largest games workshop bag that we had at the time and it was really <laughs> flipping difficult <laughs> yeah, I, I was there for the first one I, I i built the titan for the first one. Oh yes because it was in the first apocalypse book um, and that was very much just a book the first apocalypse re- release with a set of rules that allowed you to um, basically throw everything you had on the table. Hmm. 
in, a, in almost any way you wanted. And it utilised a lot of um, data sheets, uh, which is, I think, probably the first time we saw the data sheets where um, it had formations on it. Yeah. So rather than just taking a predator, you would take a predator data sheet, which could be anywhere between, I think it was three and, and nine or so, some ridiculous number of predators. And you got special rules for using them together. Um, and we played uh, we played a monstrous battle when it was released with the Titan down one end and every single solitary inch of Games Workshop Plymouth that could be turned into a table was turned into a table. Um, there was virtually no room to shop in the in the store, um, and I think the highlight of the game was when they tried to teleport uh, Deep Strike, probably a dozen dreadnoughts to ambush Manus Deus, which is the Titan of the legs, and they all got crushed. <laughs> so, um, it was it was a good game, and um, it was it did revolutionise how people thought about 40k really changed everything in some ways and i think it's where things like eighth edition really found its you know the first thoughts of how to use eighth edition um fantasy battle as well so big units lots of large monsters it all comes back to that that moment in apocalypse where games workshop like well why can't we have a plastic bane blade why yeah. can't we have a plastic stomper? And why can't we use everything we've got on the table at once? Well, and that's um, it. I think, I think, and they have spoken about this since, but the key thing um, was about removing barriers that yeah. were being put in, limiting the size of people's collections or um, basically how many, how much money they spend, I suppose, yeah. in some yeah. ways. Um you know, if you wanted to have a company of predator tanks, why not? <laughs> you know, stuff like yeah. that. Because um, realistically, the game system limited you for for a lot of the rule systems. So, for example, second edition. If you wanted to play a two thousand point game of second edition, you, you had to put aside the weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it took a long time to play it. Um, and it got better with third and fourth and, and moving on, but I, th- I think you're right. It was it was about removing a barrier. Mm. So I've um I have bought the new apocalypse um the the box box, and yeah. I've been gradually getting bits and bobs. So I've bought that. I've bought the pack of dice and I've bought the extra data cards um as well. Um, is the new apocalypse box still available? Yeah, I think so. It is. You never know with these things, though, do you? I mean, the data cards... No, that's why I've been... The data cards, I think they are still available, some of them, but that's only because they made so many and they haven't sold them yet. Yeah. But you can download them for free off the internet, um, which is why I haven't bought them at the moment. Um, But, yeah, so I did speak at Games Day, so that would have been last year, I think, um with the guys that wrote it about it um it certainly appeals to me um and i and yeah i'm looking forward to playing it i've got some movement trays because i just get bored moving everything around um but again we've said about this loads of times but 
It's about trying to create an army that looks like an apocalypse army because whilst I applauded the idea that said you can just put everything on the table because for some people that was ace and it encouraged people to use their whole collections. For me, I've always wanted to use apocalypse and this is perhaps why I've played so little of it to play a massive army. Not not a massive random collection of all the things I've got painted, uh, but an army that looks like an army and has that scalable look of an army. Now, obviously, yeah. I know what you know. You, the question: What does an army look like? Could be answered loads of ways. But uh, again, you know, I've got now. I've got how many have I got? Eighty cultists. That's right, eighty cultists, and twenty-four corn berserkers and. You know, once you lay it all out, and I've got sixty blood letters and a couple of skull cannons, I've got like there's enough bodies to make it look like an army that's not just all the big stuff. Yeah, um, and that's why I'm really excited. So, uh, yeah, I've got two hell drakes to paint and a venom crawler and some terminators. Is that it? Oh, and a dark you, fossil. So, so once you keep done, getting yourself in a mess with those Terminators, though. You're going to need to work out how you're going to approach them because one minute you're like you're just going to assemble them straight out of the box, and the next minute they're going to be converted, and then they'll like... be minor converted. I think. I I don't think I'll go mad because I don't want to. Basically, I... are you going to put the the yeah, corn head yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, got to, got to have the washing lines on the top, like stringing their panties between, and they're drying <laughs> them off. Maybe that's where they put the like they string up the panties off the Slaneshi demons they've slain just to enrage Slanesh. <laughs> I think realistically, the only reason they wear pants is because Games Workshop doesn't want to go there with the models. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, so anyway, I've got those bits to do, and then. I have been putting away a little bit to once that's all painted to buy a the brass scorpion. Yeah, and it will be cool because I'll have the brass scorpion and it will have two of the venom crawlers around it. Yeah, and, and I can't wait just, for you to get your brass oh, scorpion. I'm so excited about that! I'm so. You've excited. You've been talking about your brass scorpion for such a long time. Yeah, and every time you go to Games Workshop, you just stand in front of the cabinet looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... and the really interesting, what's really cool, the reason I haven't bought it is because I knew in my heart of hearts I had that flipping Lamb Raider to do. Yeah. And, the uh, you know, that was the main thing, the Lamb Raider. And the cultists was sort of um, up there. And then it, and, and I know the Helldrakes as well really sort of sit on my mind. And I'm like, I can't buy that and take it home. But now, you see... With the bloodletters being done and the cultists, I've got enough bulk. And the land raider. And the land raider. I've got enough bulk to sit that in there and it wouldn't look daft. Hmm. Yeah. Um I can't wait for you to get it. Honestly, I can't I cannot wait. Uh so can't that'll wait. be cool. And I yeah, and going back a bit, I, I don't think we actually did we if we use the apocalypse rules for this game, but do you remember when we played at your house and you dropped an entire company of space marines in in drop pods? Yeah, that was immense. That's what it's about, and that's why I'm so sad about Primaris and drop pods. 
when we go to i always wonder about what to ask but when we go to the next event whenever that is i want to ask jez why can primaris not have drop pods why why is that a sensible thing well especially as they they have drop pods in the background very clearly have drop pods in the background so even in like the children's novels there's primaris coming out of drop pods Hmm. You know, they they are. It's not a. It's not that they can't. But they very much do use drop pods. Um, it's just they can't in the rules. And I, it's baffling. It's just so baffling. It's it's just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yes, it is. So, um, just to go back and answer your question, the apocalypse box is still available. Um, but it is the only thing other than the movement trays that is available so the the extra data cards and the dice and as you already said and actually this was the kit this is the case they're completely gone now the the unit things um i'm not surprised are are all gone so yeah so i i am watch this space because it you know once the lockdown is passed and couple of other bits that we'll talk about in uh the age of sigma section i've got done i'm so I'd close lo- now I'd love to rebase and just tart up a little bit my iron snake company and add in the bits that i've got primary bits that i've got into that and play play that it'd it's be amazing full- wouldn't it yes yes it would be absolutely amazing of course, the next stage then is that I need to grow the army enough so that the Chaos Reaver Titan doesn't look out of place. Oh, yeah, yeah I absolutely. Love I love that model as well. Why don't you start with... No, they don't do the Chaos Warhammer anymore, do they? Yeah, I think they do. But do I just they? don't think it's... I don't... I just, for me, it doesn't... I don't know, it just doesn't look... Gribbly enough. No. There's <laughs> not enough spikes on it. I, I love Warhounds. They're my favourite Titan. Mm. I just think they look fantastic. It's new KM. When new Corn Berserkers come out, right, with my new kind of batch painting heart, I reckon I could just sit down and just add 40. It's the Rhinos. It's, see, this is the thing. If I redid this army now, I'd just do it totally different. I'd just totally do it. I'd do it with Demios pattern Rhinos for a start. That's a big change I would make, is use those and not go flipping mental with all the banding. Yeah. Because it's well, just can... such a flipping ache. <laughs> you could always do that. Almost like a second wave. Yeah. You have different war you have different war bands and chaos armies. I know. But I've already said about this like wanting it to look like a unified army. Yeah, but having different kinds of and rhinos, I need doesn't... to do the second company of ultramarines because that'd be immense as well. Playing a game with that, you've just gone from one extreme to another. I know, but this is and this is what I mean about having to be the protagonist. I need some other people. This is a terrible thing to say because I I'm just going to look like I've got no armies now. But I need some other dudes to pick up the the, the torch of the evil side and do some decent size armies. So that I can go and be a loyalist. 
Would you like me to collect an evil army, Dan? Is that you what need to collect an evil army. And, you know, you can tell Joe it's for my mental health as well. What evil army would you like me to collect? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? I think orcs is a good one. No, that's a rabbit hole, man. Yeah, I know. I do have a fair few but orcs, though. I can help you out. Again, this is uh, the joys of podcasting. In the can. Where have you got that from? Drivey, drivey thing. Another killer can. Whatever this thing is called. Where have you got all that from? My um, my friend Mike Colpen was doing orcs, and uh, and he's not now, and he so he he was like, "Do you want these orcs?" Oh, so I've got a load of orcs. Well, can as as I enjoy doing orcs for fantasy, and I've got the new Gaskell Thracker, it would probably end up being orcs. Yeah, look, he's even got some of these old dudes in it. That's converted with a bit of a random... There's one that's not converted. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. I, I will consider doing orcs. And the data cards, you wouldn't need to buy them. <laughs> okay. And the codex. All right. But, yeah, because then I can do ultramarines and, you know, overthrow the Kakaradon... That's not Kakaradons, that's the space shark. Charadon Empire. Okay. So there we go. Boom. Just add, just add that into your uh, painting quests. <laughs> oh, no, that I've mean, got to do the Ultramarines, though. Oh, dear. That means I now need to put together all my orcs. Yeah. I have to be honest, though, and that moves us nicely on to the last thing we were going to talk about. Wow, Mr. If- Bond. <laughs> Always, almost as if we planned this, but um, my prophecy of the wolf showed up. Oh yeah! And um, oh, perfect! <laughs> yeah, I know. And I actually, the Gasco model is just stupendous. And I, I've never seen the knobs and the knobs in 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 Megaram as sprues before. Um, and they're really well, good. I'm sorry. I, I can know. interrupt you. No, we're going to move uh, on. No, no, no. <laughs> Dude, we could do the history of Armageddon. We could get... You could get your guard sorted, right? I've got the World Eaters Army from the First War. i got the Space Wolves. you got the Space Wolves. You need Grey I got, Knights. i got Black Templars. You were only saying the other day, oh, I don't really have any Grey Knights. So now you've got a reason to get Grey Knights. Well, so Grimnar can smack him in the face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I oh I could do salamanders. Oh, oh celestial lions, dude. Celestial lions. You only need to paint like one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, there's an idea. So I I actually because I I started aud- audible this month because I needed something to listen to, and listened to the Saga of the Wolf audiobook, which was very good. But finishes when Ragnar Blackmane dies, or pretty much dies, <laughs> holding aloft Gaskell Thracker's head, and then just sort of kills over. And the the book is done, like narrated by the Skald, who's sort of telling the story of the saga to his brothers and the rest of the company. Um, 
and the music is excellent, and the scold is done very well, and Black Mane is a character that's been with me for the whole of my life in Warhammer 40k. So when he died, I was lying in bed at like 2 o'clock in the morning listening to because I wanted to hear, hear the end. I got preposterously and unreasonably emo- emotional. <laughs> got in a complete strop because I was like, you can't just leave it there. And then I've been watching with um, bated breath for the box to turn up so I can read what happened. Um, so I now finally know, of course, I knew he got resurrected, but I wanted to know how it was done. Um, and you know what kind of happened, um, but it's really cool. It's very, very good. The story is excellent, um, and now we have we have Primaris Ragnar, and it's a lovely model. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Two, two superb. They have been done. They have done some wonderful models. Really, indeed. Really good. Excellent. So, on so that note, I think we. We've finished off what we were intending to talk about for 40k, haven't we? We have indeed. And um, the, all it remains to say is if you have been playing Apocalypse, if you've played the new Apocalypse or any of the previous versions and have cool moments, uh, particularly if there's pictures, please uh, jump into the hobby group, um, which we semi-regularly put links up for anyway, or if you're already in there, and get those pictures up so I can get really excited. Yeah, because Dan More doesn't excited. need any help getting excited. <laughs> See you in the mortal realms, guys. Wow, Mr. Bond. <laughs>
you know, there's a, there's a, there's a bit where, for example, an elf is traveling across a desert and bumps into a necromancer who's trying to gather his soul sand up so that he can be immortal. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then as they ride away, uh, the, the little sprite that's with this wanderer notices that he can see this guy's rib cage. And he's like, oh, he's dead. And the, the wanderer's like, yeah, I know. Um, I knew it was the moment he started talking, but you know, it, it, it's, it's weird that actually sort of dead and living almost coexist in a sort of weird, normalized way in a, in a sense. But yeah, I do have trouble sort of imagining it, but there's a city in there. I've forgotten the name of it. I think it's called Grey Fastness or something like that. Grey Hole. And, um, it surrounds a realm gate and they've got like these special magical lights which hold back death um that are like powered by the wizards who live there and in a hold back death and there's like a a a ring of salt around the city and the guard says to the wanderer when you you know when you cross that line you're in the you're in death's territory so beware so it's good i'm i'm liking it because the one realm in my mind that i've struggled to imagine i'm I'm now feeling like i'm better able to picture what it looks like Yeah. You're looking at something and pondering. Yeah, well, it's, it's because I've uh, I've gone to look for those kiddies books that you were talking about on the app. But I'll I'll do that later. <laughs> I'll pay you more attention. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm used to it. <laughs> so what were you talking about? Oryx. <laughs> <laughs> I know you weren't talking about Oryx. Shaish. I was talking about Shaish. Yes. Yeah. Shish kebab. Yeah. 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 Um, I need to do a death army at some point. Is that a real thing or is that just a, one of those comments that you say like, one day I'm not going to do corn. Um, and one, one day when I go into Games Workshop, I'm going to buy something that isn't red and gold. Right or... then. Let's discuss that then, seeing as we're going on to that. So I have, uh, purchased or ordered all of the remaining bits for my 2,000 point Caradron Overlord's army. It's not really into I wavered. No, I know. I know. It's fine. It's fine. I did waver quite considerably um, because I realised that there was still about £350 worth of corn stuff that I don't own that I wanted. Um, but, but I decided no. I'll stick with it. Uh, I'm going to do my 2,000 point Caradron army. I'm very much sticking, as I said, I would to 2,000 points. So there's a couple of bits I don't, I don't want in my 2,000 point list. So I'm getting rid of those. Um, but other than that, it's all on the way from a myriad of different places. So I've ordered some stuff through Simon. I've ordered some, some, I found the, the, uh, war scroll cards. Which are out, you know, are only limited. But I found a pack at Firestorm Games, so I've ordered those. Which I cannot understand. I well, I, I do understand. The day, they I probably think. do them all in one run, and when they're gone, they're gone. But I, I still don't understand. They're such a huge part of the game, in my mind, making it easier to play. I mean, who wants to flick through? I, I just think it's odd. And I wish, or something I prefer that they did is keep them available right up until the point the army wasn't. But 
I'll, I'll grumble over. You, you, may, you may continue. We are talking about dwarves, aren't we? We are talking about dwarves. Um, so I've ordered that, yeah, and then uh, I had to get the Ether Chemist. I got that through Games Workshop. Um, so goodness knows when all this stuff's going to arrive um, based on the different lead times and what's going on at the moment. But there's no rush. I've got this horde of uh, of uh, Blood Reavers to finish anyway. Um, it's not- a shame Amazon hadn't sorted out their drone delivery service before lockdown, and then you could have had your carriage on overlords delivered by drones. That would <laughs> like yeah. flying. Yeah, that would be inappropriate, actually. Be <laughs> I haven't quite decided how I'm going to paint them yet, but I have ordered, I have got a set of the time-worn ruins, which I can't believe I haven't got those before. They, that is just going to be my basing. Mm. You know, I'm going to have lots of that stuff on the bases. Um, going to try and do them. I I decided today I'm going to do them in four batches. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to do the dirig- guy in dirigible suit and the six Endrin riggers. So that's all of the like guys with the little balloons on their backs in one batch. I'm going to do all of the ground infantry. So that's 15 Thunderers, 20 Arconauts, and the Aether Chemist in, in one batch. And then the two gun haulers, which is the little boats, do those two together and then do the ironclad on its own. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the best way to break it down. Hmm. Uh, in my view. But yeah, I, I'm quite excited about the army. Um, so for those listening that, uh, enjoy your, your tactics, you, why well, you, I don't know why you listen to us, but, um, from a tactical point of view, um, Dan was rabbiting on to me about, Army should have three sort of elements for people to worry about. Um, so my intention is to have my gun haulers, um, and I've got, there's a, there's an item which is like, it's called the con- collapsible compartments, and it means you can put five dudes in a gun hauler. So I'm going to have five thunderers in a gun hauler, and the two gun haulers can go off together. And then I've got the guy in the dirigible suit. Ending rigor in dirigible suit and the six um, uh, balloon guys, ending rigor guys, and then I'll have the ironclad with ten um, thunderers and the ether chemist inside, mm. and then I'll have twenty arconauts because it, I think it's useful to have sort of a linchpin in the back lines that can hold an objective. Um, yeah. They're quite good when they're near an objective as well. Well, they're yeah. within, I think, while they're within nine inches of an objective. They get they get bonuses, um, and I think I'll quite enjoy playing with the army because it's quite quick, obviously quite fast, which will be fun and um, unusual for doors. It's it's cool to have a fast dwarf army. Yeah, yeah, and it will be good to have something a bit different. Obviously, I do have my stormcast, but they were I've said before they were just like a speed painting project that I could jazz them up and revisit them, but um, I think it'll be good to have something different and. It'll be nice as well within our sort of little gaming circle. Paradron aren't represented. Um, so it'd be nice to have a different style. And it'd be nice if I can outshoot Dan. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it is pretty ridiculous what you can, what you can put out. Um, haven't decided on my color scheme, but there we go. I will at some point. I think I'm you're, you're going to go with. 
some form of yellow metal. <laughs> Bone <laughs> and red? Bone and red. Funnily enough, <laughs> I've seen some really good ones painted that way. But I'm like, no, don't do that. Um, at the moment, jury's a little bit out on... Um, one way I've been thinking of doing it is is replicating the Legio Graphonicus colours, so um, grey and yellow with streaking and, and weathering. I think that would look really cool. Yeah. Um, but then also another way I was thinking about doing it was um, with uh, Cabalite green, so going that kind of turquoisey. But then another way I thought about doing it was going, doing that, but doing it with. Um, Pterodon turquoise or Achillean green and doing it over metal because then I could like the ships, I could airbrush them all up metal with with kind of the pre-shading and then the coloured bits would be contrast and then all the other bits I could just shade or use oils to take them down to the different sort of levels that you'd want the different metals um, which would be quite a, a a quick way of doing it, uh, yeah. and I might I could even explore what I did on my um, Iron Golem, which was to use Agros Dunes over silver, which then became the sort of yellowy gold. Yeah. Um, so there's a few options, things to try. That I'm quite excited about, but more importantly. Giants. Yes. Yes. So on our last podcast, we were talking about, oh, I wonder what they were going to look like. Fully assuming that it would take months before we saw any pictures of what they look like. Um, but no, they've released pictures of the giants and they are... They Giant. Are giants. Yeah, they're huge. They're huge. It's fantastic. It's so cool. So it's a, it's a one box set. That can be built in three ways, and it's at least twice as high as Gargant, from what I can sit, remember. It's been a while since we saw the video. Um, and I think it, what I like about it is it, all three of the different ways that you can build them are very, very different. They're not just a little bit different. They are, they're, they're completely different. Um, oh yeah, it, it yeah. It yeah, would have so been easy to have not done that. So I reckon that the normal Gargan is is just over half the size of the new one. So yeah. they're going to be absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. So there's massive. the Gatebreaker, Kraken Eater, and I can't remember what the other one's called. The Which is a shame. Sorry? The Executioner one. No, that's the Gatebreaker, the Executioner one. And you're quite keen to get... Um, the the one with the corn symbol on his loincloth is a is some wars oh ooh, maybe I'm not maybe I'm wrong war stomper I think it would look great in your chaos army yeah 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 I do I'm myself now for not knowing what that is yeah I love that guy the guy with the corn symbol on um just people have seen it he's basically he's duffed up a corn warrior took his shield and he's using it as a god piece yeah which I think is fantastic <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, it, one of the things they've already said is you, you can use them in any faction. 
Um, yeah, which is really cool. It goes right back to what the, the original giant release was like as well. So, yeah, really good, really cool that is. So, yep, I'll be wanting to put one. And this is another thing that's really exciting about being so close to finishing painting what I've got for my corn. You know, hopefully, obviously, I'll probably be knee deep in, well, ankle high maybe, is their dwarves in Caradron. Um, but I'll be in a place where I'll be like, oh, I want to add that to my corn army. Where? Oh, no, I should tackle my backlog. Oh, wait, I don't have a backlog. <laughs> Ka-ching! <laughs> that won't last for long, obviously. No. no. Um, but, yeah, that's quite exciting. So, really, I like these giants. They're these big. Yeah, they are phenomenal. They, I, I really obviously want them for my... Um, for my destruction army. Well, um, yeah. Can't not, can you? No. Now, we discussed the giants a little bit. We don't know a lot about the giants yet. I don't think they've done a preview yet, have they? With any of their rules. I know they've been releasing previews of the Lumineth. Mm. Um, and Altharian is a badass. <laughs> he is like, right then. So... Somebody had the audacity to kill me, and I'm pretty annoyed about it. I can't wait until he meets Archon the Black, who actually did kill him. That's going to be a showdown. Imagine that. Yes, imagine that. Yeah. I you think... killed me. Oh, did I? No, it was a miss. I just tried to shake your hand. I just happened to have Hand of Dust in play. These things happen. Hmm. Well, I just happen to have the Fang Sword of Altharion in play. <laughs> I could be stabbing you in the gut with it. I've always loved Altharion because he was the he was the the good guy in the original box set. So he was the first yeah. character model I got for Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Um, is he the Warden of Toryvres? Yeah, and then I I was gutted. When he was sort of blinded until they released the model and they gave the background. Um, and he was a blind swordsmaster and then it, it, he was Zatoichi in my mind. He was absolute brilliant, brilliant model. I think they wreck on that, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, I'm sure by the time, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I, I thought that by the time he, that had gone away by the time he was, um, in well, the end times, but it was still cool. It El- was cool. Elves are good at healing, so they are. Good. Yes, that is true. That is true. And with all the um, magical shizzle of, um, you know, the of the uh, what is the Lawmaster's tower called? Hoeth. Hoeth, that's it, right? Yes, they're all all of the wizardry in Hoeth. I'm sure someone could fix his eyes eventually. I would have thought so. Um. Now, I was going to talk about some more models, but because we've talked about Altharium, I have to talk about the single greatest threat to my productivity that has marched upon the horizon in many a year. And that is this flipping Altharian and Grom the Paunch thing for Warhammer Total Wolf. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I messaged Tom today and I was like, Tom, because Tom's got the same computer as me. Can... can can my laptop run that game? And he was like, yes, it can. Do not buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks I, amazing, doesn't it? I know. And the trouble is, 
there is only so much free time. And I cannot generate more to play this game. Unless I can link into the internet at work. But that Do would it. be inappropriate. But <laughs> <laughs> be good for lunch to periods. 40 minutes laying down the siege. But I just know what will happen. I know what will happen. I will come up to sit and paint. And I will sit on this computer and I will play these massive games. Yeah. And then I will want to have a big army. Because I'll have been inspired by the game. And then I'll go to sit down and paint that army. But I'll play the game. And eventually I'll just get annoyed. It's mm. like the Battlefleet Gothic game. It looks beautiful. But I cannot play it. I just must not do it. <laughs> I must not do it. There's just so much I want to do. And there's just not enough time. And it looks so good. I know. I feel your pain. I know. I just oh. hope they release lots more cutscene videos. It's Grom as well, when Grom the Paunch is like stood on top of that rock and he's like, We're just warming up! It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. I love it. Um, yeah. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's me. It's too difficult. So there is one, one last thing that I would like to talk about because um, I. I'm not ashamed to say I nearly, I nearly wept with happiness when I saw these. They made me very, very happy. Oh, we've forgotten about the Knight Shadow Stalkers coming out. No, for... we haven't. They're on my screen. They're what I was going to talk about, but I started talking about Warhammer Total War. It's the see, sn- it's done it already. It's the snotling, the snotling Blood Bowl team. Oh yes. Oh man. <laughs> I absolutely on hard mode, isn't adore it, or like that. these. They are so wonderful. With a new pump wagon, there's guys dressed as wizards, there's dudes with one sock on their foot and not on the other one, but there's another one wearing the other sock on his head. I, oh, it's just it's wonderful. I think they're absolutely stupendous, and I will be buying a box of them the moment they come out. It's one of the stilts. <laughs> I just think they're absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Do you know what I think? The one thing they should should have done, and I agree with you, they are wonderful. But the one with the frying pan, yeah, should have had someone's face indented in it. Yeah, like the um, because isn't there a fanatic that's got a stormcast helmet indented in his ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they they are they are brilliant. They are brilliant. That one with a wizard's hat on, lobbing a stone. And another, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love the guy with the little, like, trumpet. It looks like one of those silly little plastic trumpets you'd get at a little kid's party. Yeah. And you, just, you can see him just running around going, scuttling <laughs> off. I, I think it. one of my favourite things is the fact that they painted him with little pink tummies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And it's so good to see the return of a snotting pump wagon. Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely brilliant. So I, I was going to get in anywhere, we're getting there. I am so happy with that. And yeah, as soon as, they're, as soon as they're released, I shall be getting myself some little little snotlings. Um, and then, of course, the Knight Shadow Stalkers for Warcry. Yeah. Um, so these guys 
exciting for a couple reasons, I feel, myself. First non-Chaos faction yep. um, to come out. Um, and they are, you know, they're going to be a full faction, not just a, a, an individual model or three models, as have been shown. There is a, there is a full faction's worth. Um, and other than the, um, the Shadow Mage in Silver Tower, I think they're the, the first Shadow Realm models to come out, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. And they, they really harken back to the Dark Elves of old as well. Yeah. Um, really, really do, especially the guy with the two crossbows. Yeah, and I love the fact that their cloaks are as much shadow and darkness as they are a, a substantial thing. So that there's just sort of echoes of the cloak. Yeah, it's, it's just... interesting, isn't it? They've, they've gone with a what is clearly been established as an aesthetic which will run throughout the theme. Yeah. And represents sort of flowing shadow, I suppose. Um, and then, yeah, it, really interesting, really and, cool. And you're right; they are the first non-chaos faction, which is an indicator that there will be other factions. Well, um, weirdly, there are people that just don't want to collect chaos factions. Well, I don't know why that is, but apparently it is so. Um, so you know, they have to cater for these uh, <sighs> normal people, short-sighted people. <laughs> Yeah, my brain cycled through a lot of things then to make sure I said something appropriate. <laughs> I could tell by the look on your face. <laughs> I think these are fantastic. I really do. Um, That's all right, mate. Anyone listening at the moment, because because of the way we record this, that they have no idea what's coming about the G string, do they? No, no, no. They do not. No. <laughs> oh, so innocent. <laughs> So there we go, and I, and I think there is only one last thing, and that's the Lumineth Mage, um, who I really like. Um, there's some f- great features on her, um, and she seems to be from the the sort of Earth lot as well, doesn't she? Yeah, so I I know exactly what's going to happen with the Lumineth. I'm going to go to Warhammer World when it reopens. And they're going to be in that cabinet. You know the one I mean? That's yeah. like right by the doors into the into the game. In it. And I'm going to see them and I'm going to be in love. And I'm going to spend the day explaining how much I love them now I've seen them in the flesh. Because this is what happens with all the different armor. Because at the moment I'm really... I swing all over the place with them. I love the spearmen. Love the spearmen. Love the horsemen. Yeah. Love... Um, there's two... There's two names for the big uh, Stone Kings. I lo- one of them, I really love that. Um, Techless, I'm sort of about. Yeah, this Mage Woman, I, 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 no, I don't know. Not keen. The Hammer People, I've already said about. Don't really get them. I don't like the hammers particularly at the moment. But yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see when I see them. I love it. I love that they're different, really different. Mm. So that's good. But yeah, we'll see when they come along. Um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be painting her face like that because I ain't got Oprah doing that. <laughs> yeah, so they, they they don't do like a see through cloth contrast paint, do they? It, it's it's an insane 
Yeah. I hope they do like a, a tutorial on how to do that because. Um, hmm. Anyway, so I think that draws us to the end of um, a, the Mortal Realms. It does indeed. And uh, we're now going to rattle ourselves over to the community and shout out some very wonderful people. Indeed we are. Hail, glorious community! I hope you've got your refreshments. You've managed a long way through so far. Um, and we are now going to talk to you about some people that are actually legends of the hobby. Um, starting with, as ever, our Instagram shout out. So Mr. Hall has been trawling the Instagram. Well, I said Instagram, Twitter. Well, and maybe Twitter I, I tend to just... Um, I, I tend to, actually, if I find someone on Twitter or Facebook... Look for their Instagram account because I think you can get a better idea of the hobby very quickly if you do that. Um, yeah, you tend to because it's very visual. The hobby and Instagram is is probably the most visual of the social media. So I got I got three people to shout out today, and one is a kind of extension of one of them. It's a group on Facebook, so I thought we'd kick off with a, a guy whose name I'm going to fail to pronounce properly, um, Ben Alame, but his account is called Suma Mini, Suma underscore Mini, S-E-U-M-E-R underscore Mini. And his is a Mordheim account that's um, been following for a little while because of the scenery, but um, he's recently done a Corvus Cabal team, which is, is just stunningly cool. Um, yep. He's put little tricorn hats and... Um, like cloaks on them and made them really Mordheimy, and I love them to bits. Absolutely love them to bits. Um, they look yeah. so dark and sinister. Um, I particularly love the one with the wings out to the side and the tricorn hat stuck on top of the cloak. And he's done like a really cool little base. I, d- I don't know why, but like the idea of them in Mordheim is really creepy. Mm. More, much more creepy than I think. In Warcry, his stuff is incredible. Actually, you go back and you look at his Mordheim terrain. Yes, and I tell you what is fascinating about it. Looking, just looking through, is <laughs> most of these pieces are standalone and have been put together on the table, but it they are done so well. That it looks like it's a moulded table, just done, just done yeah. in that style. Yeah, uh, that, that wouldn't move. It is wonderful, and actually, if you flick further down and you have a look at his um, lizard, well, there's loads of great things to look at. The knights are just amazing, but if you go down and look at his lizard men as well, um, really, that is. Now we were talking about. Uh, Seraphon or Lizardmen, weren't we the other day? Yeah, yeah. And and I must admit, these, these do it. These are what is needed. These the bases pull it together for me. Oh, they are ace, mate. Those bases are great. How has he done those bases? Lichen, by the look yeah. of it. 
Well, there's there's everything on there, lichen and little plastic plants and. So I think yeah. it's worth I think it's worth us saying what we mean by we were talking about seraphim. It, I, I, lizardmen have been around for a long time. They're not a new thing by any stretch of the imagination. They they've been around in Games Workshop background for almost as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, the fifth edition box set, one of the armies was lizardmen. But they've never felt Warhammer. And I mean that in the, in a very specific way. I think they were supposed to be different and be unusual and be separate and not be part of the old world and so completely different. And they've achieved that fantastically well. So they almost look when you're fighting the army that, you know, if you're playing against them with elves or empire or dwarves, that they, you were in their world, you know, you were in a different place mm. and this was their land. And I could always sort of just about get on board with that with Warhammer fantasy battles. But when it became Age of Sigma, I've really struggled for them to find a place for me. Really struggled. Mm. Um, I actually quite like the idea of them being, um, you know, like, um, almost like demons of order coming down from spaceships or whatever. Because they are so otherworldly that they almost, I, I'd almost struggle to fit them in. I mean, what would a what would a legion of Seraphon look like coming from the realm of death, or beasts, mm. or whatever? It would be. I think it would be tough. But yeah, his army looks great. It looks really cool, and I, and I think you're absolutely right. They, they do it, don't they? They, they kind of, they work really well, really, really well. Well, they don't look like a mishmash. They look like an army. Yeah. Um, and also, if you go a little bit further down, and guys, you know, obviously, I know Ben and I just discussing, but the hope is that you would jump on and have a look with us. You'll, you'll see a wizard's tower, a ruined wizard's tower, which is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's mind-boggling, isn't just it? Just incredible. It's just perfect. It's... It is just perfect. And what a lovely amalgamation of, of G-Dub scenery kits and scratch build. It, oh, it's just great. Really nice. It's a um, yeah. it's a Dungeons and Dragons evening. Yeah, all ready to go. That isn't it? But the yeah. but the naughty wizard at the top, <laughs> and off yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, good find there, Mister Hall. Lovely jubbly. Yeah. Sorry, I've just seen the picture of it from the outside, which just somehow escaped my attention. It's just wonderful. I really wish Games Workshop still did that tower kit. It's mm. a shame that they I see didn't. a lot of people trying to find it actually. Well, it's because it's just a wonderful piece of kit, really. So the second yeah. one I'm going to call out is a chap called Andy, who is on Twitter primarily, but on Instagram as well as Andy of the Eight Eight Spelt the Space Wolf way. So A E T T Andy of the A E L A M E. You mean? <laughs> Very good, A E T T, and. He has finished a project that he has been spending an awful long time on, and um, he's built Thunder Warriors from scratch using bits of the Goliath kit, Custodian kits, and various other things. And uh, they're really, really good. They're very, very good indeed. And he's done them non-metal metallic, 
and um, he spent a long time on oh, them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are great. And uh, he's finished and put them on a, on a on a display base, and I think, Andy, that's one hell of a project, mate. You should be proud as punch of that. And um, I hope they adorn your hobby collection for a long, long time in pride of place. Um, and actually, he's just started working on a salamander, which is or well, second salamander I've just seen. Actually, more like that because it's good. Where he's using those techniques that he's learned to do the, because it's worth pointing out that Thunder is his first non-metal metallic project, realistically, um, and he's utilised the same techniques on a new salamander he's done, um, and he's just started a second. So, very cool. Um, very cool project, Andy, and um, congratulations on finishing it, dude, because I know you've been working on it for, feels like a year, but I'm not sure how long. Um, so it must be f- Interesting, though. It completely debunks your theory that people wouldn't want to see miniatures that are getting built, because actually there's some really nice pictures of his process of building these. Yeah. Yeah, no, if it's a kit bash or a, or a conversion, yeah, no, I, I, I think people would want to see that, because um, these are really cool. Um but, yeah, but when are. it comes to like just assemble or just cleaning up metal swords, masters of Herith, I I'd skip over that. I think on Instagram because it's probably as boring to look at as it was for me to do. Um, <laughs> so the <laughs> the final guy is uh, Rapid underscore Tabletop, who is um, or remind me of his name, Dan Leonard. Leonard, that's it. Leonard Dime, um, and he has produced possibly the most phenomenal Necromunda table I have ever seen, and it's got some pictures of it on Instagram, but it's actually much better on on the group that I'm just about to discuss. Now, what he's done is individually built sections, and he's done something that I'd have never thought of. So he's mounted them on a piece of polystyrene. I think it's high density but I'm not entirely sure. Um, so he's got some height on the board to start with which means that he can go deeper underneath the Necromunda tile which is what he's based it on um, if he wants to. He's got so many cool sections. So one of them here is an illegal dock clinic. There is a there is a crane. There is um, like a a uh, like a river with a with a bridge going over it, like a swamp, uh, a sewage river. There is just some normal random tiles. There's one which is almost like a bunker stuck in the middle of another way, which looks like a communications tile. Um, but when you put it all together, that's when it starts to really come alive, and it is utterly phenomenal. Um, to be perfectly frank. Now, what's cool is, of course, he's not. He doesn't only do Necromunda stuff. There is tons of other stuff on there to have a sort of peruse through. Um, it's done like a, a railway um, thing, which I think he did um, for Armies on Parade. But it's a little railway station. He's got um, some great 40k scenery, particularly Mechanicum stuff and the, the new Basilicanum things so like chapels and whatnot absolutely brilliant i know we talk a lot about scenery at the moment don't we dan really i don't know why 
Yeah, and it, the irony is we talk about it loads, but neither of us have painted any for a, a long time, so that will have to happen. So, so he's got a Patreon as well, actually. Has he? So yeah, yeah. If you really like it, rapid, well, Patreon is Rapid Tabletop, um, and he's got some little guides on how he's doing things as well as you flicking down through. That's cool. I need to, I really need, I mean, I'm sure you could just reel them off, but I really need to look into more and anybody's got any ideas, please shout them out on the page, but more scenery guides and stuff. Cause I, I feel like even with all these years of experience, I'm almost like nervous to start my scenery, um, in some way. So, but yeah, that, that stuff's really ace. That guy, that is well worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. And we found him through the Necromunda Terrain Builders. Yes, which is I think it's called, ne- Necromunda it, Terrain Makers. Necromunda Terrain Makers. Okay. Um, and this is a great group. You know, absolutely brilliant. Um, just I'm just flicking through. There's so many things on here that I absolutely love. A chuckled called Stefan Jansen has uh, has got. He's been building sort of a hub area. And he's got one where there's a door, which all of his doors have hinges, so you can open them, which I just think is wonderful. Um, and he's put some brushes outside, and there's a pile of like dust in the corner. And I love that, mm-hmm. because I just love the idea that even in that world of squalor, there would be people who cared about their immediate environment enough to brush brush it up, clean it up. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's loads on there. I mean, it's a great group on Facebook, um, very friendly, and it it's, it's just flicking through for five minutes will give you an idea of something. Um, <clears throat> yeah, oh yeah. and uh, Really good. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's the group I wanted to shout out. So that's Necromunda Terrain Makers, and that is on Facebook, where you will find Mr. Dime, among many others. Um, sharing their wonderful terrain making knowledge and making me very jealous of their Necromunda game boards. <laughs> <laughs> you want the boards? Give me the boards. Some great stuff here. Look at that little shanty town. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm distracted now, but that's my that's my shout-outs, Dan. Ace, well, as ever, I get the um, exciting joy of going through the two peas hobby forum um and this continues to be some really cool stuff popping up on there and i continue to pull my hair out commenting i just need to give up and uh actually just comment as me what um really. we ought to explain this we've had some real trouble with facebook ever since they changed their software so that the page um opens when you click on our page it opens as a new like a new separate website like um separate from the normal Facebook inter- interface. And it's just been abysmal. We don't get notified when people comment on our posts on the normal Facebook page. Only one of us is apparently ever able to comment as two peas in the pod in the, in the hobby forum. So we're, we're having real trouble with it. And it's, it's one of the reasons why we've been a little bit less active on Facebook, because actually it's really tough um, when you do a post and you're not being notified when people are interacting. We have to go back into the the special Facebook app on our phones, which is really bad um, to, to do it. And I think I think it's very poor. And I'm just a sort of slight apology that we're not keeping up with things as well as we want to. 
it's probably the end of all that. Yeah, I blame Ben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, more importantly, though, uh, after my griping about what I can't do, um, what I can do is shout out some of the awesome stuff I've seen. So, the first one I wanted to call out, and I, and I did put a comment on the post, um, was Ray Admonson. So, Ray has put up some pictures of some enforcers from the Dark Uprising box set. And he's done them in a, like a white colour scheme. Yep. And I really like it. And I said in my comment, what I really, I love the idea, you know, that the under, under uh, hive is dark, it's dirty. You know, you, you, you don't really want to be walking around being all brash and clean armour. And I just love the idea that enforcers just would. And they'd just be like, they just don't care. <laughs> in like bright white armour. Just striding into the underhive, blowing people away for, you know, smoking somewhere that's not in the shelter. Yeah. Or just Something like that. standing outside the wrong building. Yeah. So I like that. Um, absolutely needed to shout out Clint and his necromancer. I really like that. I really think the colours work. And it fits in with his old school legions of lagash project that he's doing as well because the painting scheme almost looks slightly old school yeah so i really like that i think that's really nice so um for those that don't know clint um has um oh, stand up so i can see your t-shirt so i can remember oh it's over there heralds of war that's right clint, <laughs> i am so sorry dude that is awful i've even got on my paint desk i've got a sticker that he gave me um that is stuck right there so heralds of wars podcast that he was he was doing for a goodly while really good stuff for age of sigmar um and also hosts or, or runs organizes cancon down in australia so pretty much an age of sigmar legend is mr clint so thank you for taking the time to post buddy um and then last but not least and and i am going to shout him out even though he has plagued me and my hobby life for nigh on 20 years, Mr. Wosley and his absolutely amazing living city army that he has been putting together. Now, I love Dan's army. Um, I hate it when it like rips me apart, but I do love it. And he's putting some fulminators and it's constantly evolving. And he's doing new things. Um, he's got a picture on there of, uh, is it Lord Ark? What's, is it the, what's the model that comes on the front of the... Getting started with Age of Sigmar box set. Knight Encantor. <clears throat> Knight Encantor. So that that's a special Knight Encantor, a lockdown Knight Encantor, because Dan was like, I need one of these off this magazine when I can buy one. So like, I've got one. And he came round and I posted it out through my letterbox to him. Um, you know, to avoid contact. Uh so that's that's a special lockdown Knight Encantor. So um yeah, i think well, his stuff's just come on so much. And what's nice as well is he's got some old school models in there. Yes. Old school Waywatchers. Well, he's done... Yeah. He's, it's not Waywatchers. I mean, it's, it's, what he's not, it's not the Waywatchers I like. It's actually him mixing the sisters of What's It with the old um, Gladeguard heads that I really like. Yes. That's yeah, great. that's great as well. Very good. So, yeah, I love them. And I particularly like... How well the phoenix is pinned onto that tree. It's like as you did it, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> With a power drill. <laughs> so yeah, that's great, Dan, and it's it is ace to see, and I I can't wait until um we can start playing games again and I can uh 
wipe it all off the table. Get beaten by it repeatedly. Yeah, more more likely, more likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so yes, yeah, some great stuff there. Now, I wanted to shout out a couple of other bits and pieces. We've got the um, uh, competition winner to shout out as well. We've got the competition winner to shout out. Um, I'm glad. Obviously, I, I hadn't absolutely hadn't forgotten that, and I'm not uh, at this minute desperately trying to work my way back to the group to work that one out. Um, ben, say something. Uh, I can tell you who it is, but we'll do that later. Oh, good. What? <laughs> stringing me on just to what you like. Um, it's uh, it's Simon Andrews's wizards, dude. Oh, I'm so pleased. Yeah, and I... that's not to take away from anyone because loads of people put up some fantastic stuff. And the 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 level of entries this this month has just been superb. Absolutely they really superb. have, haven't they? Um, oh yeah, look at all these. Second place is oh, yeah. Marcus's um, ogres, um, and they're really yeah. lovely as well. Um, they're just it's just a fantastic set of competition entries guys and i cannot thank you enough for putting in the effort and and posting your stuff to us because um most of these deserve to be winners really or would would be winners on another oh, they day they're do. just, just oh, look at those wonderful. oh aren't we so fortunate to have such amazing hobby in the in our forum yeah in the group that is just bloody excellent so yeah, so everyone's voted and they've chosen, not us. We never vote um, because uh, we just don't, we just don't think it's right. Really, I think I think it's, it's the bottom line. And the wizards, which is a, a wonderful collection of I don't know if it, some people may remember that they came on the the plastic wizards that came on the front of most of them anyway uh, of the um, white dwarf for a month. Um, and there's a few others in there that I don't think were. Um, and they're basically one wizard for each of the colleges of magic, and uh, it's it's really wonderful, actually. So I'd completely forgotten about the amber wizard, Dan. Actually, they're just wonderful, mate. Sorry, I'm a little bit like taken about. I'm flicking back through um, the thread as well, um, and seeing the work in progress pictures. Yeah. So huge thanks, and and if you Dan, because I've asked him to multiple times now, is going to put up the formal post for people to start putting their entries in for the next one, which is Inception, um, which is any model um, that was around when you first started collecting. Um, with... Tom Carter's Cador, Cordor, sorry, not Cador, Cordor, just. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I will do I will do the post, dude. I promise. Yeah. There's some lovely sisters of battle in there too. So there we go, that's um that's the competition. I cut you off mid thing, Dan. What was the other thing you wanted to say? Uh I wanted to shout out so there's a couple normally we don't allow uh well i said we don't allow we don't encourage uh game stores to post into the hobby forum but there's a couple that have and we've we've been okay with that because it's it's all around um raising money 
either to support the game store or to support charities for the uh, Katachan kernel. We, we should be clear, um, though, dude. It, it's it's we are we're happy for people to post in for events. It's um it's sales selling things on the forum that we didn't want, um, which is what we don't know. But yes, sorry, carry on. That's all right. Um, so. Yeah, so just a shout out, really. There's a load of those things going around. Support them where you can. One that I'm particularly um, fond of uh, is Simon at um, SVG Hobby and Games. Uh, you'll find him. Simon Gurney is, is on the hobby forum, so you'll, you'll be able to find him and get in touch. But he's doing a raffle where you pay £5 um, for a ticket for the Catachan Colonel. But that entire five pounds is going uh, to to charity. Mm. Um, so he's not he's not aiming to make anything out of that at all. I think that's uh, really awesome, basically. Um, and don't don't forget, there's there is also there's Barb's Modeling Games is doing the raffle too. Curtain is doing similar. Um, SK Games in Plymouth is doing one. Um, yeah, and it's it's worth again, uh, and I'm I'm sorry to to Barb's and, and, and SK Games if if they are as well, but certainly Curtain as well. Hundred percent of proceeds are going to Hospice Care, yeah, which is the local adult hospice charity, um, in and around Exeter and Mid Devon. So that that's superb. Um, what I'll be trying to do is is enter rather than buying multiple tickets with one person, um, I'm going to be buying as many tickets as I can. Um, up to the price I probably would have paid for the model, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, hoping I win one of them. I don't win raffles unless it's at Slimming World, um, and then it's normally for like one of those um, JML peelers or something, or a bag of fruit. Or so, it'd be nice to win an actual raffle with something as awesome as that, in, but not going to happen. <laughs> Right, so is there anything else we'd like to shout out? I don't think there is, is there? I don't think so. I think it's it's um it's difficult times for everyone, isn't it? And you know, as you probably told from what we've discussed in the last two sections, the Games Workshop have not really said much over the last couple of weeks. Um, in fact, there wasn't anything on uh, the day of. Warhammerfest, I was very surprised about that. No releases, so uh, I think we're just sort of getting through it day by day. But just another reminder to everyone that you know these companies are out there, and it is difficult times. And to support them in any way you can, they would be super appreciative. And and that's not, you know, not to encourage people to do it if they if they don't if they're not capable or or able to. because you know that you've got to look after yourselves as well. Um, and on that note, NHS charities together. Sorry, I, I really wanted to make sure I got that in there. So Simon um, at uh, SVG Hobby and Games is doing its NHS charities together. Yeah, so which is the same one that Captain Tom Moore did his walk for. I think he's Colonel Tom now, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. If you give it enough time, they'll make him into Lord Emperor of Mankind. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all right so there we go thank you everyone i think 
sorry, Ben, to cut you off again. I, I just always like to add this in, which is because um, we've always, right from the get-go, struggled a little bit with the idea of being sponsored in any form. Um, and we have a number of places that we work in conjunction with um, and we try and shout out. I think it's really important, and they, those guys are also on board with this view. Ben and I are big believers in... Um, you know, especially at difficult times like this, spend your money with the people that support your hobby in the way it needs to be supported. Um, so if if you need a gaming venue, now I appreciate at the moment it's a bit difficult, but if you need a gaming venue, support the people that provide the gaming venue. If you need models uh, at as cheap as you can get them, but you don't need all that gaming venue and space, then, then support those people. If you need advice and support in the form you get at your local games workshop, support them. Um, there's loads of options out there. We've got a few that mean a great deal to us. You know, uh, I talked often about Games Workshop Bristol, Games Workshop Crimson Causeway, Big, um, Curtain Games. You've got loads of time for those guys, loads of time for Simon. It's spoiled for choice for, for great places. Please, please, please support the ones that support your hobby because um, they won't last otherwise. And some sadly won't anyway but with what's going on. So really important. Um, oh, and thank you very, very much. We always put this at the end of the show, actually, but I'm going to show it in here to our patrons. Um, that you know means a great deal. There are still people choosing to support um, me, obviously, but even Ben um, at the moment, <laughs> even with all the challenges. So that's great. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. I've put that bit in now. Yeah, it means that the patrons mean a huge, mean a huge amount to us, and the we don't make any profit out of that. That's something that will be absolutely hundred percent clear. All the money that patrons send us goes straight back into maintaining our equipment, which we've already gone through one set of microphones. <laughs> they just literally died. Um, they gave up listening to you. <laughs> it did. Um, and the software and the websites and all that. It, yeah. So thank you very much. It does mean a huge amount to us. And we are talking lots about things that we can do to give back to the patrons in some way. Um so watch the space. Shall we move on to the wilds, Mr. Jolly? Yes, we shall indeed. Welcome back to the last segment, which is Into the Wilds. And it's the part of the podcast where we talk about all the other bits and bobs that don't easily fit into another category and have excited us. Um, we've got a few things to talk about today. Unfortunately, not much um, Lord of the Rings has come out this last month um, since we've had that fantastic release um, in the... Uh, Games Workshop online preview a month ago, where they talked about the the uh, the way they're going to assemble the kind of scenarios from the Lord of the Rings books um, into the the journey of the Ring Bearer. But um, since then, we've not had anything. But there is a few things for us to talk about, and the first one on our list is something that we're quite excited about. Um, struggling to work out how we're going to fit it into our hobby lives, though. But um, it certainly looks pretty special um and that is the release of by cubicle seven uh, of the age of sigma role-playing 
and uh, it looks really very nice. <laughs> now, yeah. I think we both had a chance to sit down with the guys from Cubicle 7 and have a long chat. I know especially about um, the Warhammer Fantasy Battle roleplay, where we, we both walked away with the with the starters kit for that, um, which was pretty cool. And i got to say, you know, having got that home and, and poured over it at home in you know the quiet of not having a, a salesperson or rep try and talk you into buying it, which is always I to- totally appreciate <laughs> that that's what they're doing. But you know, at the end of the day, sometimes when you've got it home and you're quiet of your own room, you know, you do have if things do either come across as yes, that's the perfect thing. I'm really glad I bought it, or oh, what the hell have I spent fifty quid on? That one, <laughs> still happy I spent 50 quid on it. It's very, very nice as a role-playing set. Well-produced, good quality. Um, and it reminded me an awful lot of the um, the first quest starters kit for Dungeons & Dragons. I don't know if you ever did that, Dan, or came across that. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only difference being is that first quest starters kit by... Um, had models in, which I thought would have been pretty cool if this had had models in too. Would have pushed the price up a lot, I suppose. But um, uh, yeah, I guess that's why they didn't do it. So I'm, um, I suppose what I'm trying to do is set the background for the company and what they've already produced for Games Workshop, and I think it's very, very good. Um, so should we? Moving swiftly on to the Age of Sigma stuff. So it's called Soulbound. Um, and it's, well, the way it's described. It's set in the Soul Wars. So yeah. it's set sort of 200 years after Sigma's return to the mortal realms. And you are, you are, um, the Soulbound, which is a group of people that have been chosen by the gods. Um, to stand against the horrors that plague the mortal realms. And if you look on the, it doesn't actually tell you what your classes or, or races can be, but, um, we're having a look on the front cover. It looks like it could be just about anything because you have a, a stormcast standing in the middle looking epic. Um, you've got a, um, priest of Sigma, the same priest of Sigma that was in Silver Tower. You have an Idineth Deepkin kicking around at the back. Um, you've got a Sylvaneth at the back as well. Um, and you've got a, um, um, oh, Overlord flying around as well. So it looks like pretty much any order, um, race is, is a, is a viable option looking at that. Yeah. I, I think there are a series of articles on their website about what you can play as. I know they were releasing them through Facebook. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see those. So. Yeah, sorry. Um, including some wonderful, wonderful artwork, as you would normally expect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting, I think, with role-playing to see the impact um, the lockdown has had and people maybe getting more au fait with the likes of Zoom and such like, and whether that, that has a positive impact on or, or not. Um, cause I was just looking then and I was thinking, oh, I really like that map. I really like the games master screen and stuff like that. And I was like, well, actually, the most likely way I'd be able to get this to work is doing it in this format. Yeah. Over Zoom. And in those instances, 
things like a games master's screen and maps would be you know you'd be looking to have that sort of stuff available on the computer to share um so that'd be interesting well, but yeah the, it looks cool one of the cool things about this is that and it's something that i've I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, is that if I buy a hard copy book, I am, I feel bitter as hell about buying a digital version of the same book. And yeah. I, and I cannot see a reason why Games Workshop do not release digital codes if you buy a codex. So if you buy a codex as a scratch off plate and you're allowed to download the codex onto a specific Games Workshop app or something along those lines, because I think it just drives me nuts that you have to spend 30 quid on a codex and then essentially 30 quid again if you want it digitally. So putting that aside, Cubicle 7 have done something really awesome and if you buy it, the physical copy of the book, they will give you the PDF for free, um, which is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and more of that, please, because, you know... You're not you're not you're not losing any money by doing that. I don't think it's just being more reasonable. Um, having said that about the map, Dan, it's it's blinding. <laughs> it's brilliant. I'd have it on my wall anyway. I think it's just it's wonderful. I do. Yeah, love I mean, maps, if I had so. a bit bigger space that I was in at the moment, then I would definitely get it to have that map up on the wall. Ooh. Wouldn't it be cool if I could have it printed on a blind, as in my window blind? That would be cool. I bet there'd be people who would do that for you too. Oh yeah, yeah. There are there are custom blind printing people. I was thinking massive corn symbol with like blood dripping off it, but I thought from the outside <laughs> that would be a bit worrying. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes. It would. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. I I don't know what I would be. What would you be? You'd be a stormcast. You'd run uh, around shouting only the faithful at the top of your lungs. For... Yeah, I yeah, I'd probably want to be uh be a yeah stormcast from the Hallowed Knights. Um, oh. any stormcast from the Hallowed Knights really Liberator Prime would be fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd I'd probably be a Liberator Prime because you don't want to be a Relictor because they're a bit. They're, even though they're like the priestly ones, they're a bit sort of grim, taciturn, and a bit grim. And, and I'm not into that. I, I want the only problem is I don't think Stormcast probably um, drink and womanize enough for my role playing style. <laughs> um, so I think <laughs> maybe, and I, I think Fire Slayers are a little bit sort of down the line. I I kind of get the feeling you might find um, a Caradron Overlord because you can be there are Caradron Overlord characters you can be. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'd be a little bit more, uh, like a pirate. Yeah, yeah, basically be a pirate. Um, uh, I, I'd like to play a Sylvaneth and and just say I am Groot all the time. I <laughs> <laughs> could just stand in the corner of the room, holding I, um, a branch. Groot. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So, so that would be good. Yeah. So um, that's... either that or I'd be a witch elf. And oh, I would yeah. cosplay it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that would put everyone off. Let's try. I love you dearly, but don't do that, please. Don't do that. 
I'd be looking for that G-string for weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I reckon I could do a pretty good job of being Grom the Paunch. So next, um, good job we're known for our solid uh, professional <laughs> reviews. Um, next, <laughs> now I I'd like to shout someone out oh, that God. I was looking at, um, and I, I I'd forgotten who it was, and I, and I found it Studio Miniatures, right? Yeah, so Studio Miniatures, so Monty Python and the Holy Grail in a miniatures form. Absolutely brilliant. You just go down through. I think it made it for me when the Black Knight comes as a Black Knight, but also a body and head with his arms and legs off around him yeah, yeah. Uh, as an alternative. And the sorcerer and the the wise man that asks the questions and the Knights of Knee and a resin Trojan rabbit. Yeah. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, and what's really cool about it is actually the the knights. Some of them are would be excellent as role playing characters in their own right. Oh yeah, there's some great like, ones. And so Robin, yeah, and also <laughs> when you go down and you that where's the where's the because they've also got the guards. Yeah, you know, your mother was at Amstair. The Castle Guard. The Castle Guard. They're really nice models. <laughs> we don't need one. We already have one. And go away, or I shall taunt you a second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. So I, I had to shout that out because I just think that's excellent. Love a bit of tongue in cheek, hobby stuff. There's also some cool stuff in there from like from other series as well. So there's um the um, Merlin from Excalibur. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of sort of Robin Hood kind of things, but there's horror characters from you know famous horror films. There's there's all sorts in there, and there's historical stuff too. There's World War Two um, German zombies for people who like to recreate that kind of stuff. Um, recreate that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's loads of films on it, isn't there? And um, it was massively popular on Call of Duty. Um, That's the, true, the actually. Uh, for a minute there, I had just completely taken the idea of uh, it being a historical thing. Yeah, no, Dad. No. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank God. You know, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I really, I was quite impressed by them. Um, so another company that we, that we also were quite... Um, taken by it was Northumbrian Tin Soldier mm-hmm. um, and they've got some wonderful stuff in their range um, also from from various different films um, there's the, the Crow people from I think it's uh, I think it's um, no I might be completely wrong completely wrong so I'm not going to bother um, I can't remember what film they're from but they're 
My absolute favourite from all of these is a film that my grandma used to have on um, on video, and I used to watch it almost every time I came down. It was the, they're not called the Time Robbers; they're called the Time Bandits. The film is, but they've they, they have a little range of miniature of the Time Bandits called the Time Robbers set, and I absolutely adore them. I adore them. They're so wonderful, and they capture the the Time Bandits so completely. Um, I really want to pick up a set of them to use as, as like, or just to paint up, just because I think they're fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But they do a range of cool, like, other stuff, like animal, animal heroes, that kind of thing. Um, that there's quite a lot of role playing games where you can have animals as characters now. Um, I can't yeah. think of any off the top of my head. Burrows um, and Badgers is the game, isn't it? Yeah. Is that what yeah, you mean? So is that what you're talking about? Animal? That, like, that's, that, animal? that's one of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, he did the, that, set, that set, which um, he's done those in. He, it's called The Night Folk, and it's got a few really cool little models in, like um, little goblins or imps in plate armour with the sort of helmets that you'd expect from, like, the labyrinth, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like them. Really like them a lot. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure that some of these are based on the labyrinth. Now looking at them, Sir Bucket, fantastic. Anyway, so yeah, Northumbrian Tin Soldier, brilliant. Is the is the next one we'd like to shout out because they really caught, caught our imagination. Um, next one on the list is a new company. Um, and as soon as I saw this model, um, I came on sale with Exit 23 Games, who um, did a fantastic job of distributing it to me. It with loads of little swag in the box as well, including a beer mat, which is excellent. Um, Stone Miniatures, and we've produced this little character called Rolo the Masterful, who's a Spriggan adventurer. And um, I- I've said it... A number of times over the last couple of months, but um, there is a lot to be said for getting your model painted properly and photographed nicely because whoever's painted this has done a wonderful job. Um, and I snapped him up as soon as he came on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's by Monkstone Miniatures, so I think really they're going to be one to watch, Dan. Yeah, because um, yeah, I mean if there's the the 3D renders they've got like like pig warriors on the front of their um like almost like bad guys um on the front page and that's it other than Rolo um but I think if and the model I've got the model in my hand now it is it's absolutely gorgeous um the, the detail quality and the quality the detail and the quality of the uh, of the cast is superb. So, very exciting. I like a good, like, quirky little model. What's it made out of, sorry? Did you say? Resin. Resin. Which means I don't have to clean up a metal model, so I'm happy with it. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's very cool. So, Monkstone Miniatures is that one. Um, do have a look at him. Um, I think, I don't know if Exit 23 Games has still got more to sell, but he he had it was a very limited run. But um, if not, they... 
they also sell a, a fantastic paint range um, that's quite new and um, it, it um, it's got quite an, a lot of interesting colours in it that um, I don't think I've really seen elsewhere. Mm. Um, called Turbo Dork Paints. Yeah, yeah, I've been looking at some of their stuff. Um, yeah, this this is quite a cool little paint range. You know, the, the site doesn't only sell the paint range; they sell other things as well. Um, some Relic Blade stuff and fantasy football stuff. Um, they were very cool. Big fan of this Turbo Dork color range, but it's always difficult to know with paints um, to to fully appreciate them and and sort of review them until you've actually used one. So. Yeah. Wow, you've so many. Yeah. I mean, I gave a load of mine away to Tom because I was just like, I just had about 50 different types of brass from when I went through the brass experience when I was trying to work out. And it just gets daft. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so that's um, that's that. Um, I don't think I've got anything else to talk about, really. No, I mean, there's loads and loads from the Salute and um, and Adepticon posts. Fantastic companies. I think, like you say, often it's difficult because uh, to truly review something, you need it in your hands. So it's great that you've got that that character. Um, who knows? I'm creeping closer to the end of my corn project. I might actually have the opportunity to to get some of these other things and Try mm. <laughs> sound totally convinced. Well, uh, well uh, yeah. At the moment, I'm only interested in buying the odd one or two models because, I'm, like you, I want to get the range, my backlog done. Yeah, the backlog needs to be done, um, and that doesn't mean painting every model I've got in here because that would be ridiculous. Um, but it does mean breaking through the big projects that I have that I want to do. Which I could list off now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, it would, it would depress me more than anything else. In that case, then, rather than rambling for the next sort of ten minutes, uh, which poor people may listen to, in the hope that something incredible Interesting will come out, yeah, um, per- shall we call it an evening? Yes. So, as ever, uh, we like to thank you all, especially those who've got this far through. Um, it's wonderful to see people still listening and downloading and interacting. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we hope. That- and what would be super helpful, and and, and without you know, any pressure, is that if you think that someone would enjoy listening to us, then <laughs> just let them know. That'd be cool <laughs> because um, we did. We are trying to grow our listeners as much as we can without pushing it down people's throats, and we've always tried to do it on word of mouth up until now. Um, which has worked reasonably well. Yeah, and if you've got um, any feedback as well, um, you know, we'd love to hear it. We can't we can't do everything people suggest. Um, as you guys will all, or those of you who've been with us for a while will know, we, we try and fit this in around busy work and life and children and all those other things that like to come along and prevent us from hobbying. Um, but we love them greatly. So... <laughs> Uh, is you know, we it is a balance. We enjoy chatting. Um, we really appreciate that you guys listen. Really appreciate that you guys comment and interact. And and you know, as we've said already, the patrons it just 
well. Yeah, loads of thanks go out out to you guys. So thank you for that. All right, Ben. Well, it's been a joy, as always. Yeah. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you very much. Have a have a good few weeks. Stay safe, and we will see you for episode fifty-five. <laughs>